0: Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted, they are raw and real. There's no editing, so wherever they go, they go. So, hopefully, you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. This episode is brought to us by Mike the Strongman. Are you tired of getting your training and nutrition advice from someone with only a weekend certification? then perhaps it's time to turn to someone with over 15 years of research-based experience. Mike the Strongman can help you with all your training and nutrition needs. Mike has a proven track record of getting results with his clients. Visit MikeTheStrongman.com for more information or email Mike at mikethestrongman@gmail.com at gmail.com if you're ready to take your performance to the next level. This episode is also brought to us by the Healthiest You Chiropractic Center. The Healthiest You Chiropractic Center in Strongsville, Ohio, is dedicated to giving their patient community the highest level of health care. Their doctors have been trained on the newest and most innovative styles of chiropractic and rehabilitative treatments, From back pain to ankle strains, the Healthiest You has remedies for a variety of injuries. Are you looking to perform better in life and activity? Their team takes a wellness-based approach on health rather than only focusing on symptoms such as pain. Call 440 238 3338 or email them at thycairo that's t h y c h i r o @gmail.com for questions about becoming a patient. Now is a better time than ever to become the healthiest you. And last but not least, this episode is brought to us by CrossFit Strongsville. CrossFit Strongsville is a place where everyday people become heroes every day. Through qualified coaching, challenging yet modifiable exercise programming, and a supportive community unlike any other, members find a way to break through personal barriers physically, mentally, and emotionally. No matter what level you're at, from the very beginner to the elite, you'll find you receive great service from the moment you walk through the door, and we promise it will be one of the best hours of your day. Check out CrossFitStrongsville.com for more information and to sign up for a free one-on-one consultation with the owner, a 12-year veteran of the fitness and therapy fields. Okay, folks, our guest today is my good friend, Jay. Now, I've known Jay for a few years now, and we always have great conversations when we get together. Now, I don't get to see him as much as I'd like, but when we do get together to talk, we pick right up where we left off, like no time has passed at all. Jay is definitely what I would call a fast friend. Now, Jay is really into politics, and we always seem to get into some interesting topics when we do get together because of his job it's frowned upon for him to talk politics in a public setting but he feels that there are important topics that need to be discussed so in respect to his employer he is asked to remain anonymous here on the podcast now during our talk we got off into the weeds quite a bit but that usually happens here on this show hopefully you guys enjoy our conversation as much as i did so sit back strap in and enjoy our conversation greetings and welcome to another episode of the uncensored humanity podcast i'm your host matt hess and today we have a special treat we have my friend jay jay how are we doing we're doing pretty good so jay wanted to come on and we're going to probably talk about some politics and some bullshit and have uh, kind of good good conversations like we normally do Um, but Jay has a job where he's not really allowed to talk about politics, so we can't really discuss his name and all that kind of stuff. So again, it's just Jay. So Jay, why don't you, uh, kind of let the audience know a little bit about your background, kind of how you grew up a little bit, kind of give us some history on kind of who you are and kind of why you believe what you believe.
1: Okay. Um, so my upbringing, I'm from the Appalachian area, probably one of the areas in the country that's easily forgotten in a lot of discourse today. My mother is from south of the Mason-Dixon line, and my father is from – he's a union boy. He's from north of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> um, so I guess growing up um, – There was a lot of drama in the family from the Yankees and the Confederates. <laughs> mom, mom would definitely bring it up, but and then dad would just laugh it off. He's like, <laughs> whatever, crazy Confederate guy We like, won the war. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, growing up was very weird sometimes where – uh, I would learn about a certain you know topic in history, aka the Civil War, and mom would be like, "No, it's not the Civil War; it's the war against northern aggression." <laughs> <laughs> and she refuses it to call it by that way. And and uh, I remember we were driving past a particular uh, Union general's statue in a public square somewhere, and my mother referred to him as a murderer. <laughs> so so the the feelings so, run deep.
0: Yeah, so they, they tend to be. Uh pretty strong feelings it looks like
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's funny though that with it with the rest of the family i don't think they really cared it's for some reason my mom was all into it maybe it was just she likes history or maybe it was just was it maybe know.
0: from her parents or
1: you know i never heard my grandpa really get into it that's, okay that's the thing i, I don't know you where would
0: figure she, he would if that's where she got it from
1: you would think and 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 my her mom i don't think she'd really care because my my grandma her mom is not from the south so I don't think she really cared either. So, where she got it from, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I've always wondered that. <laughs> but I've never had the courage to ask her. Like, where, where do these thoughts come from? Are you getting smacked or something? Yeah, probably. She's a good reach. But um, and honestly, it's not like it's it's nothing like harmful or any bad opinions. It's just you know she's and it's that whole southern pride, which is you know to some people could be bad. To some people, it's it's just. It's there's nothing you know harmful about it. It's it, it's like
0: anything else in life. As long as it's not taken to an extreme, it's it's pretty much harmless, really.
1: Yeah, it's 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 weird today where you know if if you have some sort of Southern heritage, automatically you're a KKK member now. Really? Oh yeah. Well, it's like for example, um, UNC, uh, University of North Carolina the they just had school start back up right
0: Yep. and right it's that off, time
1: of year yep it is that time of year and right off the bat there's um there's a statue on campus called Silent Sam and it's just a statue of a of a confederate soldier and it's it was erected like 1913 or something like that and it's always been a a hotbed of controversy because it's a confederate memorial but it was put way back in the day yeah I mean this was before the civil rights. And it really is more of, you know, where there are some monuments where they have a general or something like that. This is just a memorial to the um the UNC students that fought in the war, specifically on the Confederacy side. Okay. But I think they've also kind of changed it to where oh yeah, it could represent, you know, people that might have fought in the Union as well because I mean not necess- I mean I'm sure not necessarily every person that went to UNC. Maybe there, I mean, probably most of them were from the South, but who knows, there might have been a Yank that went to school there and went back home in the North to go fight on that side of the war. Absolutely. In that kind of time, that's exactly what you do. You'd go home mm-hmm. and then go to the war. So this is probably one of the most milk toast like, just like non-offensive monuments to the war out there. It's just for the soldiers that fought and died pretty much. Nothing about slavery, nothing about... You know, a rich general that might have had slaves, which is, like, a big problem they have with Robert E. Lee and stuff like that. Just a, you know, average Joe guy that just was fighting for, you know, land and country and and family that, you know, died. And right off the bat, like, there's this huge mob of people that tore it down and were, like, chanting the usual things, you know, throwing red paint on it, you know, just causing a ruckus.
0: Yeah, that's what kids do.
1: So yeah, they're, you know it's, and now we're you know in, the, in it's it's not as uh, popular as a thing right now, but I remember a couple of years ago when they were trying to erase the Confederate flag from every every spot of public life.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's this outraged culture that we live in, and no one's tolerant of anybody else unless they believe exactly what they believe, which is hilarious because I thought the whole idea of tolerance was to. Be accepting of others and let them believe what they believe in, and then try to be understanding from their point of view. But apparently, nobody wants to do that anymore.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of dangerous where we have this. You know, we have the the stars and bars. Which, if you talk to my mother, going back to her whole <laughs> her whole side of the story, that wasn't even the true uh, Confederate flag. That was like the battle flag of some Virginian regiment or something like that. But okay. like somehow, just got adopted afterwards <clears throat> as like the Confederate flag. And then, you know, it it got, to a lot of people, it just means Southern pride. You know, we fought against uh, what we thought was Abraham Lincoln's tyranny, and we we fought for our independence. The tyranny
0: of what? Of, Of freeing slaves?
1: Yeah, well, if you talk to them, it was more of economic purposes. Which, you know, it wasn't it wasn't just because Abraham Lincoln was like all oh, these poor people down in the south. Well, they have to help. maybe him.
0: you should make a profit in your business without
1: you know having slaves. That's maybe you should do that. Really, what, what it was all about was the times were a change and, you know, they the, the north had the factories. The south still had slave labor. I and, mean,
0: let's let's be real honest. I don't think anybody here, you know, I can't say that. Most people here in the country don't want anything to do with slavery. Like, it's an evil, wrong thing to do. Period. Yeah. Period. You cannot own another human being. Yep. All right? They are their own person. They have the right, same rights as anybody else. They are no different. We are all people. Yep. Period. There's, there's, there's no arguing it whatsoever. Yep. So if they, were arg- if they were arguing they were fighting for their economy or this and that, that's one thing. But that's just it's rubbish because it all boils down to slavery. That's what, that's what the war was about. And it's just, it's wrong. It is what it is. Like, freedom won out, which is perfect because all people should be free. And that that is what it is. got to change your business model. And I get it. Now, I do know that a lot of people from the South hate people from the North because, you know, the Yankees and this and that or whatever. Because, realistically, most of the war was fought in the South. Yes. And that means a lot of death and destruction and problems and things that they've probably never really recovered from. It's just it is what it is. War is a nasty
1: thing. Yeah, they um, and again, it's I'd have to look at the history books, but I know they at at one point they adopted their own currency because they didn't want to use the United States currency. They had their own currency. It tanked after the war. Plantations were destroyed, Properties destroyed, cities were destroyed. Yeah, and people fell into a lot of hardship. And then the carpetbaggers came in. And I don't, I can't tell you exactly what a carpet bagger is. I just heard that term a lot. If
0: I understand um, correctly, the carpet bagger is like a traveling salesperson. They would normally have a bunch of things in their bag that was typically made of carpet because it was rough, tough mm-hmm. material and they had patterns on it or what have you. But it just, it was uh, like a, uh, look, if you've seen like some of those bags, like they're like long rectangles that kind of open up in the middle like a big zipper that goes across like like a hot dog bun right and they kind of flop open that's that's kind of what they were but i think it was pretty much just like a traveling salesperson
1: so but then you know things just went south really fast down there and which
0: which happens you're recovering from a nasty thing i mean you lost the
1: war you like you're you
0: know people want to stay loyal and do those kind of things they're not just going to like swear allegiance to the union and do those kind of things i understand all that that's fine they got their pride that's no big deal you know, but as 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 a wise man once said, like, but you have NASCAR, so it's all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I just I think the big misconception though is that anytime someone gets offended by a Civil War monument that might have a, a you know a boy in gray on it, is that they think that you know the grunts, the guys that were out there on the fields, were fighting just because they wanted to keep black people down. You know, really, when it came down to these guys were just they—they they thought their home was under attack. They were being invaded by the North in their eyes. Yeah, and you know, and and people want to paint the picture like these people were all slave owners. No, 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 and no, no. So the,
0: the ones who were fighting were the young kids yeah. and they were naive and the same as like all these college kids like they're all naive which is why these professors mm-hmm. can manipulate them so easily and get them to do stupid things cuz they don't quite understand yet like well what what is it said like if a person isn't liberal at 21 you know he has no heart, yeah, no heart and yeah. if, if they're not you know conservative by age 30 they have no brain like all these kind of things like as as you get older and you get real life experience you realize oh I was really stupid at that age. I can remember how dumb I was at 18, 21, 23. I, I can remember how stupid I was. But at the time, I thought I knew everything. And oh my yes. goodness, this is amazing. So these kids were well, as that. They were kids. They were fighting because people were shooting their friends. Yes. And they were just fighting for the people next to them. Now, the people who are making the stink about it are the ones who are rich and have plantations and a bunch of slaves. And they're they're at home and they're safe. And there's no problems happening to them. So it's not about them. It's it's about the poor and middle class that their kids go off to war. It's like any other time.
1: Well, and I'd say maybe to kind of push back against that is probably some of the generals. Probably, I mean, had had stakes in it. You know, they had enough property and land to have slave labor. Like yes, but that's and, a and, very
0: and, small percentage oh, of yeah. your
1: of your fighting army. Yes, it's it's not the grunts exactly. No.
0: And those are the ones who are out in the front lines getting killed.
1: So I guess you know, just the the big thing to remember is that. You know, it wasn't necessarily evil versus good is the way that it was. But but the
0: kids don't even look at it that way because these kids are so young and naive. I mean, again, you can remember how dumb we were at that age. Exactly. dear God. And they don't even think about it in that aspect. To them, it's just they want to be outraged about something. They want to be heard. They want to have something to do in life. They want to better the world and all this kind of crap that we all think of when we're young. And it's like, hold on, stop. You got to get a big, broad picture of these things. But they can't. 'Cause they don't have enough life experiences yet. So they're learning those kind of things. But throwing paint, tearing down monuments, being assholes is not the way to go about it. Because that'll fix racism. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Take a statue. It's, it's these people who are supposed to be uber tolerant of everyone who believes exactly what they believe. But as soon as you don't, then there's no tolerance at all. And it's like I know it sounds hippy dippiness, bullshit. I've been talking about a lot lately, but We all just need to love each other. I mean, that's what it all boils down to. Just chill out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, there's nothing in this world worth fighting over and getting upset about. I mean, we are not over in Iraq and Afghanistan with ISIS trying to chop our heads off and kill us. Life is good. We're here in the States. We're in the most, you know, wealthy time ever. We live better than the kings of old. I mean, we've got... Indoor plumbing and air conditioning and iPads and iPods, and I've we've got a laptop up here running the podcast on. I mean, this is an amazing time to be alive. It's so much fun. And we just need to just chill out a little bit and realize that not everyone needs to believe exactly what you believe. They're allowed to have their own opinion, and it doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make them right. It's just their opinion.
1: Well, and I think that brings up a good point where I feel like a lot of these kids in college, and maybe even like as far back as high school, like we can see – Certain popular activists like that, uh, oh, what was his name? David Hogg. Is that his name? the guy from Parkland? I, I really don't know. Anywho, I mean, here's... I heard a lot
0: about what happened, but I didn't really pay attention to what was happening.
1: But, anywho, so these these kids are in a time where things are relatively good. Yeah, we have our certain issues, and things are kind of quiet. Things aren't relatively good. Things are amazing. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they want to be like past generations where they want to have this big thing to fight for, want to be activists. You know, there was the, Civil rights in the sixties, and there was the Vietnam War in the sixties and seventies, and there was this thing and this thing, and they probably feel like they have nothing to really fight for right now. And then you have these activist professors from those eras that are like, "Oh, we got to take down, you know, the we got to take down the Nazis." Yeah, and they're manipulating got, you know, these kids, got, and everyone's an alt righter, and everyone is literally, you know, the KKK, and we have to bring these people down and bring the world to a new era of peace. You know, peace and equality and stuff like that. So, I think they're just, you know, they, they they want something to fight for.
0: And I understand that. That makes perfect sense. But the problem is, is that what do they really believe in? Or is it just a platform to get excited about to get on TV?
1: Uh, I think part of it is definitely to up, have the appearance of something. Like, look at me. I'm being so virtuous as I'm fighting the man on TV. I think on that's TV. a lot of it. And then I just think a lot of it is just they have... <clears throat> certain individuals of authority ahead of them that are giving them these thoughts and they're just pretty much regurgitating it out in the real world somewhere. Well,
0: that's the thing is nobody has any original ideas anymore. They're just, again, regurgitating exactly what you just said, the thoughts they've heard from somebody else.
1: Yeah, what's crazy is when you, um, you know, you can look at the narrative of things said today are pretty much exactly things said in like the 60s, Mm -hmm. but they were by hippies and no one took them seriously. Well, it's it's, again,
0: it's like history repeats itself, you know, and, and, and... it's only different for those who don't understand history. Yeah, you know, like was it like my one of my favorite quotes ever? It's like the one thing we learn from history is the fact that we don't learn from history.
1: <laughs> yes, it
0: was like history is bound to repeat itself if you don't understand it. And whereas most people have no clue of it whatsoever, so when something happens, it's like, oh, it's this new thing. Well, no, not really. This happened back in the Roman times when <laughs> when that civilization crashed. Like this isn't anything new. Yeah, like, we're all just people. It's all the same shit over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, I, I've I've heard. Parallels between America and Rome, and you're like, oh boy, is it really, is it really getting that time we're going to dissolve? Who knows? Well,
0: it all boils down to what people want, and unfortunately, people are fed up with the bullshit. I think that's a big reason why Donald Trump got elected, because I mean, he's obviously the second worst candidate to ever run for the office. Unfortunately, he just happened to go up against the worst candidate ever to run for the yeah, office.
1: You're gonna, we're gonna keep winning until you're sick of getting winning.
0: Yeah, because it's like if we would have had <laughs> any other person, any other breathing person ever, they would have got elected in a heartbeat. But unfortunately, I really believe that he was the no vote. Yes, like I think that he wasn't a vote for somebody who people actually wanted to be in office. I mean, obviously there are some racist people and. A lot of the people actually may be Nazis and and the KKK and those kind of people. That's a very, obviously, very small percentage of people. Those people probably all definitely voted for him because they thought he was amazing. This is awesome. Good for that. But I think most people who think for themselves a little bit some of the time just saw him as the, you know what? He's different. It's not the same old BS. It's not the same crap that they tell me it's going to be hope and change and different. Oh my goodness. But it's all the same shit. What happened? Yeah, because they're all bought and paid for by the same people. So I think it was literally like a, hey, we're tired of this shit. Get it together.
1: Well, and the problem, too, was that the the narrative at the time was that, what, Hillary had a 98.5% chance of winning or something like that? Only on
0: the liberal media. If you listen to the other media, they said, oh, yeah, Donald
1: Trump's a lock. This is amazing. I don't know. I don't even think Fox News probably said that. I'd have to look back. But, I mean, it was like pretty much just – the consensus already that Hillary was going to go, you know, it was her her presidency already. So I think that might have, you know, it might have relaxed the left that, you know, so who knows? Well, definitely.
0: Absolutely did.
1: And also, she ran a terrible campaign. Well, she's a terrible person. She is a terrible person. But at the same time, I think a lot of people voted for Trump as just like, well, why not? It's not going to matter. Well, I mean, there's <laughs> some
0: of that, I think, for sure. But I think there's a lot more people who... More voted against Hillary. Yes. Didn't want to see her in office, which I completely understand. But I really think that most people who were kind of the swing vote were like, you know what? I'm tired of the BS. I'm tired of all this crap. Let's shake it up. And like, here we go. And now everybody's like all in an uproar. But guess what? It's all pretty much the same. There's nothing really any different. I mean- Twitter blows up a little bit more than normal because you know he's in office. But other than that, like, what does it really matter?
1: I personally have loved the last two years. I wake up every day just laughing to myself and how insane our our government is. And it's not just because of Trump, but he's really exposing a lot of our government. And it's just every day is just it just makes me laugh because it's just all <laughs> so dumb. But it's it's just funny at the same time. And I just kind of like that he's just a giant middle finger to the governing class right now. He's just. I don't like him as a person. Uh, someone once told me. He seems like an egomaniac. Oh, yes. So that's not exactly a person you'd normally want to associate yes. with. Um, someone once told me, just remember, he's a landlord. <laughs> and that just tells you what kind of person he is. <laughs> I Hey, careful now. Because like,
0: the guy that I used to rent from is a great guy. And he, <laughs> and he bought those because that was kind of his retirement. He's in construction. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yeah, I know how to work on these. If I need crews, I can get crews in there. If we're kind of slow or whatever. But essentially, he's like, I want to do this so I can sell off my company one day and not have to be out in the field and, you know, putting on siding and roofs and windows yeah, and do those so, kind of things anymore. And so, like, well, I completely understand so, that. And he is a great,
1: great guy. Ha- hashtag not all landlords. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's just every day I just laugh about something he says. But at the same time, you look at the stuff he's accomplished so far. I mean, we are this close to peace in the Korean Peninsula. Because him and, him and Kim Jong-un were talking about whose button was bigger. Now, I heard that was a lot
0: of BS. And then he got played by What's-His-Nuts over in North Korea. Is it Kim Jong-un?
1: Yeah, Kim Jong-un. Um, people, I know people were, were afraid that we, um, oh, what's the term? We were pretty much giving them too much. But it sounds like right now. I mean, kind
0: of explain it to those who don't understand, because I I haven't really been paying attention. I heard some rustling of it, but I just I just don't pay attention too much. So es-
1: essentially, it was just like you know, uh, North Korea threatened us, and you know, and then Trump, you know, never being able to take, uh, you know, be quiet when his name's ever no, mentioned on not Twitter. Trump, just like listen here, we will we will bomb the ever loving shit out of you if you don't shut up and sit down. And Korea's like, what? Wait, what did he say? (laughs) And eventually it was just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then finally, um, somehow we got to peace talks in Singapore. You know, before that, um, South Korea's, I don't know if it's president or prime minister, had a meeting with Kim Jong-un where they met in the demilitarized zone. And there's like that one area where it's like two, there's like one building and it's like split in half where there's like the North Korea side and the South Korea side, and they met together, shook hands, and, then, and at one point, excuse me, the um, the South Korean president actually stepped over the line into North Korea, and Kim Jong-un stepped over the line into South Korea, and they had this really cool meeting. And then shortly after that, there was the whole meeting in Singapore, and I think the concessions were, that was the word I was looking for, concede. Uh, the concessions were North Korea would, I believe, release some of uh, their um, American prisoners, they were to immediately cease all their nuclear missile programs and even like their quote unquote nuclear energy programs. Yeah, because
0: they were launching rockets not too long ago if I remember correctly.
1: They launched one over Japan. That was the last one they did that Uh, really. I I thought they were
0: like mostly duds and like didn't go very far and crashed in the ocean or did something stupid or
1: Yeah, they're they're not very reliable, but they do have a range where they can hit obviously South Korea, Japan guam was a big thing because even though i mean people in the states probably don't care about guam it is a military base that we have control over so i mean we have
0: bases in i think like 121 countries or something like i can't even name 121 countries and
1: but it's still it's 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 our rock like if you touch our rock don't touch our stuff you know (laughs) and and then i think i think they can touch the itty-bittiest extension of the alaskan islands i think was their range okay um so we weren't cool with that. So, and then I think our concessions, I think our big one was we were going to stop all military exercises with the South Koreans. And some people weren't really cool with that. Were we doing
0: like some training with them? Or? We do
1: exercises with them all the time. Okay. We're, we we help them out a lot. Okay. So Trump was like, all right, we'll do it. You know, we want your nukes. We won't do any more practice training with with South Korea, but he's like, but if I get a whiff of you guys messing around, it's back on, baby.
0: Now, is this kind of like all the weapons of mass destruction talk of we had like going in Iraq and Afghanistan? Exactly. Is, well, no, is it all the same kind of stuff? Like, oh, it's these big threat and they have it, but everything's fine, don't
1: worry, they don't have it. So, as far as I understand, I don't know your opinions of the whole Iraq stuff, I don't think they ever technically found.
0: From what I understand, there weren't any. It was yes. just a
1: bold-faced lie yeah. to invade. Whereas this confirmed they had um, nukes. Okay. And and also even worse was before these talks got really heavy, like this was before we had agreed to meet in Singapore, they had tested their biggest nuke to date. That was essentially from the magnitude because, you know, they can blow something up and we can feel it. We have, you know, on, on the Richter scale, we can tell what it is. And from the magnitude either it was just a Big giant nuke because their nukes are primitive compared to ours. They're like back in the forties when we were developing these things. Okay, it was either just a huge nuke or they had developed a hydrogen bomb, which is which was like freaking everyone out. So you wouldn't
0: think they would have developed something like that, especially if they have old technology. Because I mean, the joke I'm thinking in my head is like, don't they have internet? What the hell? But if they, if they just have old technology they stole from someone you wouldn't think they'd have
1: a hydrogen bomb that they developed i mean it's the natural it's the natural progression of you know developing things you learn how to do things you know down the road how to make things better yeah
0: but wouldn't that be assuming that they had like smart scientists to figure all that stuff out in the first place i've heard they
1: do have some pretty smart scientists that okay. or they're also they could be getting who knows they could be getting stuff from russia stuff from china i don't know cuz china well, you know, talk a big game, but they're still doing stuff under the table with North Korea all the time. Of course, so that's, but, that's politics. So essentially, they made this big bomb, and we're like, oh, okay, someone's getting serious all of a sudden. Um, now, fortunately, I don't think this has ever been confirmed, but their testing center, they weren't like lobbing nukes into the ocean and blowing them up. They had like an underground nuke testing thing. And apparently this last one they did Was so big it collapsed. It was underneath a mountain. It collapsed the mountain on top of itself, is what I've heard. Okay. So bye bye nuclear testing station. So that's, I think, part of the reason why all of a sudden Kim Jong Un was just so was like, susceptible to talking with the United States because he's like, oh, I just broke my toy, (laughs) and now I have no their one card against us was the nukes. Yeah. And now that thing is gone. So, and apparently they've been from what I've heard they've been shutting down their their I don't know if they're developing plutonium. I don't know how they're getting their 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 fuel source for these things, but it's, apparently they're they're playing ball with us right now. Oh, well, I mean, good. So it it might happen, who knows. We'll see. I mean, it's one of those things where I'll see it when I believe it, but it sounds like it's it's in progress right now.
0: Then do people give Trump credit for
1: that though? I mean, or is it just so, some, I mean, it really depends on which side of the aisle you're on. People are like, oh, this was all Trump. Some people are like, eh, this is more...
0: Well, I'm, I'm not talking the people on either side of the aisle who are crazy, because people on either extreme, obviously, are just lunatics. I mean, the idea is to be somewhere in the middle. Like That's the whole idea of all this kind of stuff. So, like, what, what are the people who actually think,
1: think? Here's what I will say about this. They were, after this talk, they, I believe there were two Norwegians that nominated him for the Nobel Peace Prize. So, I mean, I don't know if they were neutral to this, and also the Nobel Peace Prize isn't really, doesn't, I mean, really, doesn't really mean much you know, these mean days. It doesn't mean a whole lot,
0: because just about anybody can get their hands on one of those. Yeah. So, so, you don't I, have to do much, and they'll just give you one of those. Like, oh,
1: hey, cool. So, I, I mean, I think a, a lot of it is part to him. I, <clears> obviously, <throat> he, it's not all to him.
0: Of course. I mean, he's... <sighs> People were talking about this before the election happened, you know, a couple of years ago. And like, oh my God, it's so horrible. And this is like, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. People, it's just a figurehead. Like, they're almost irrelevant. I mean, it's just someone to blame and get out of there to give the people that they have the illusion of control.
1: He was sending in this guy. I can't think of his first name, but his last name's Pompeo. And now he kept get, sending that guy to North Korea to, like, do talk. So I imagine he's a big part of it, too. It's not like Trump was, like, you know, had... Kim on speed dial no of course not he's like, just like
0: Kimmy <laughs> no he's just gonna get the credit and take the big photo op and that's all she wrote pretty much pretty much yeah that's kind of the idea that's, that's it that's how things work
1: so yes yeah, so, I mean love him or hate him but he is getting some stuff done I mean the economy's not bad though
0: well yeah but it wasn't bad before
1: no that's you know it's it's a a lot of people have pointed out that it has it been Trump that's made the economy better or is it just the natural progression from Obama? I think it's the natural progression because like Probably. he talked about
0: how horrible it was for Obama and This and that, and yada, yada, yada. Obama talks about how horrible it was from Bush, and that's what he he ran on, and all these kind of things. Like, no, it's just the economy. It goes up and it goes down, and things happen. And yeah, things were a little weird when the election was first happening, because people were afraid. Like, oh shit, what's really going to happen here? But essentially, it's no big deal. Things just kind of went
1: on as they always do. Yeah, I remember there were people saying, cash everything you have, the economy's going to crash. And then it just kept climbing and climbing. And those
0: people are ludicrous. Whoops. You know, those are all like your doomsday prepper people and all that kind of stuff. And, and Hey, and I get it, you know, you want to save for a rainy day and you want to have some cash set aside. And people talk about that, you know, like you want to have like, well, like three to six months of living expenses in cash, like set aside in a bank account somewhere. So if you lost your job, you can live the same lifestyle. For three to six months, like that's the idea. It's like uh, save for a rainy day. No big deal, right? This some of that. Like it's it's good to have some food and some water laying around the house. So that like if you get like around here, sometimes we get big snowstorms. We get snowed in, and sometimes you can't leave the house for a couple days. And you gotta have some food around. It's no big deal. You gotta have some of that stuff. Like you need it, but. Don't be crazy. Mm. Don't, don't cash out everything in your life and your 401k and sell your car and your dog and everything because go, Trump's going to get elected. Go no. dig a
1: hole in the ground.
0: No, we're good. Life is fine. Don't you worry.
1: Yeah, it really is funny how little stuff changes. Then it makes you think about – I've been thinking – this has made me think a lot recently about oh, Congress and, and Senate and how just ridiculous these professional – politicians are that's what they are professional oh, politicians these
0: people have never had a real job in their lives They went right from school most from the lawyers and they mm-hmm. go right into being a politician and they just sit there and do whatever they do and they all retire uber rich and like hold on you don't make that much money how that all happen? but mm-hmm. somehow that all works out and for some reason they have different health care than we have yes that drives me crazy yes Guess what? You should have what everybody else has. So when you push this new health care bill onto the rest of us, you should have it too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Between Maxine Waters has been particularly entertaining lately. Nancy Pelosi, Feinstein, uh, Chuck Schumer. He's, he's, he's awful. I can't stand any of them. Even like, you know, all due respect to, you know, Senator McCain with his cancer and all that. But even he like, you're like, why, why are you still working? like just go home let it go you know you've done your job i
0: mean a lot of people talk about getting like new young blood in there and all this kind of stuff but the old
1: the old um what do you call that old guard yeah
0: the old guard like just bust that up like we're not gonna let that happen
1: well you know there is there is this woman and have you heard of this uh i can't think of her first name ocasio cortez this girl out of out of New York. I heard a little bit about it, not the whole story. So I can't think of who she beat out, but the guy <laughs> the guy in the district she was with is like was one of the top Democrats. Had been pretty much unchallenged for close to like a decade and a half. And she just decided she's gonna run. Not for what seat? Oh, it's some some in New York. I forget which is district. it like a local seat? It was it was like New York City. Some some seat in New York City. Okay. I couldn't tell you what district. But essentially He took. He did not take her serious. Like, didn't debate her at all. Didn't really like campaign much. He's like, it's in the back. What is this little little thing gonna do? She's like, she's between twenty four and twenty. I don't know her exact age, but she's pretty young. She's young, and and she beat him by like a couple thousand votes. (laughs) Now, this was just for the primaries. Yeah. Now, is a Republican gonna win over in New York City? Probably not. Who knows? Though it is kind of coming out. You know, it's great that she's young. But the problem with being young is she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. Yeah,
0: which becomes the problem. But realistically, do the other ones? I mean, they don't have any life experiences of anything. They're just
1: talking out their ass. True, anyway. that's true. They just they they just make it sound good, right?
0: Yeah, they they give some lawyery answer that most people can't understand that sounds intelligent, yeah. and they leave it at
1: that. Yeah, she's. I don't, I don't know if I want her to win or not. I mean, it'd be nice to just get someone young in there, but again, her- it's. Her ideas are if you want out thing, there. If you want things to change, you gotta do something different. Yeah, but she's not <laughs> the change she wants isn't good. She's like full out socialist. And I
0: understand that, but luckily we have a system that protects us against
1: people like that. True, true. It's not like one person's gonna change. Yeah, but, it's not gonna change all that much. But in the same in that same breath, a lot of the Democratic Party is rallying around her because they all a lot of the quote unquote Democrats today are just socialists in Democrat clothing so they're kind of there's like half of the party starting to rally around her and it's like uh-oh like the mood's changing
0: well everybody wants something for free and that's kind of what happens in like a peacetime and like, what's the old saying was it like like war makes
1: like makes n- hard men like,
0: like well basically it, it makes what well, i forget exactly but basically yeah you're right it's like war, war makes men hard or something and then and then, and then hard then, men then, make like, peace well it's like hard time yeah hard times make good times and then yeah. good times make men soft and you know, soft times make problems and it mm-hmm. makes war. And then that war makes hard times. Yeah. And you go, it's like a this big cycle. So we're kind of in that right now where it's like, we're here in the States, like people have nothing to complain about besides my iPhone doesn't work. I broke my screen. Oh my goodness. Life is awful. And then, and they're going into these, these times where like, nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to be, you know, responsible. I mean, God, I hate to say it. I mean, like people don't, make relationships last anymore nobody like takes marriage seriously that everybody's getting divorced after a couple years and running off with somebody new thinking that oh i'm just not in love and i need to go be with somebody else and like no that's that's not how this works like you're in a relationship relationships are tough they're gonna be hard suck it up cupcake
1: like let's go and there and there are some legit problems especially with people you know just getting out of college where look at the bay area look at anywhere out in the pacific or even on the atlantic you know you're getting out of school with god knows how much money in debt and then you're getting paid, you know, if you get a job with the degree you went to school for. Which chances
0: are they won't because yeah. last statistics, last statistics, I had heard over 60% of all college graduates do not work in the field they study. Mm-hmm. Now that was from a few years ago. It might be a little different now, but essentially it's like, Hey, most people don't get jobs and the degrees they have.
1: And then, so you're stuck with a job that you hate, didn't go to school for, or you're, you know, you're. You're now the new barista at Starbucks, and you're either living with your parents or you're trying to get rent in a city where, like, the average rent is probably above, let's say, $1,600 for, like, a 600-square-foot flat. Like, there are some problems out there against, you know, so.
0: That's fine and dandy, but if they hadn't run off to school to get their bullshit degree that they're not going to use anyway, like underwater basket weaving or whatever, (laughs) and they actually went maybe to a two-year tech school. And got an associate's degree and went off to work and learned to trade and did all those kind of things. There's plenty of jobs out there. It's just people don't want to do them.
1: Well, I can say from personal experience was that there was this narrative in high school where you were almost led to believe that there were no other options outside of college.
0: Well, yeah, but is that because you're off in Appalachia country with, you know, I mean – hate to say it's a little bit poorer Mm -hmm. and they say hey if you don't want to be stuck working this factory the rest of your life you gotta you gotta go get some schooling
1: (laughs) (laughs) get your get your education yeah i don't know um you know that that is a good point i never really thought of what what it was like out out, you know in other high schools
0: because i mean that's kind of how it was for me like i mean i grew up in a small college town You know, so there's decent amount of population, good money coming in from the school, pretty pretty expensive private school. So like you know, not so much a rich town, but it's not exactly poor by any means. Mm -hmm. And so, there's decent money, but most people are just kind of middle class, middle upper class. And it it was still all the same kind of stuff they 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 threw at us. Like you gotta go to school, you gotta go to school, you gotta go to school. It was almost looked down on to go to like the joint vocational school Mm -hmm. to learn welding or, um, you know machine maintenance or carpentry or you know to study to be a police officer and criminology and stuff like that It was almost looked down on if you chose to do something like that like Mm -hmm. whereas my dad like he had gone to the joint vocational school like when he was growing up and learned carpentry and this and that and went into you know construction and oil rigging and industrial cleaning and now he's a truck driver and he's been working hard all his life and he's thinking no my boys are going to go to school, and they're going to get educations, and they're going to have good jobs, and it's going to pay amazing, it's going to be awesome, and all these kind of things. And that's just the mentality they have. They want it, they want it to be better for their kids than it was for them.
1: And, and I'm kind of from a similar situation where my, my whole family is working class. They, you know My mom's side of the family in the town that she grew up in had this particular very large factory with a very popular name that I won't mention. Now, did, did she
0: grow up like near work where you were raised? So was she, like, around the same kind of area most of her life?
1: Within an hour and a half.
0: Okay, so close. Close. Okay.
1: And then, um so everyone worked at this factory, you know, working machinery. Um Well, actually, for the most part, everyone in my family worked on the machinery. They were machinists. And, and then my dad's side of the family, they are all working class, too. More with, like, um pipe fitters, welders, working with, you know, cars and stuff like that. Yeah. And both my parents kind of got softer, uh, office jobs and then the rest of the family. So like you said, they want you to get better, to continue yes. developing. And, and me personally, even though I got out with just a, an outrageous amount of student debt, um, because, out, of, out of college. Yeah. Because I couldn't get a, I couldn't get a scholarship to save my life, even though I had a, like a 4.0 GPA and I was a varsity athlete. Mainly because I'm the wrong skin color and gender. Um, what, you mean you're white
0: privileged and like get you just through school like on your own?
1: Yeah, let's just say there weren't a lot of specific scholarships out for people that look like me. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, but I still got out. I got my degree. You know, I'm still paying off the debt, but I have a nice solid job that you know I'm not starving. Uh, I still have a little bit of money on the side for doing fun, stupid stuff.
0: Yeah, but I mean, but a lot of that is because of your hard work, your tenacity. your wanting to go out there and do things where, unfortunately, a lot of the kids today, they want nothing to do with that. They want this cushy office job where they sit there and do nothing and twiddle their thumbs
1: all day and then money just shows up in their bank account. Well, and I think part of that, too, is so I remember my mother told me, she's like, you can do whatever you want to do as long as you can also be successful at it. That was the big you know, you know, question, you know, a little quote, like, and if you can actually, you know, make a life out of this, yeah. you know, a lot of these kids are, are doing like, uh, you know, gender studies comes to mind and all these like studies or, you know, or as important as they are, a lot of these kids will do like music performance majors and art majors. And, you know, as, as, as important as alt as art and music are to culture, there is a very low chance you're going to get out of school with that degree and do anything in music, other then, than other than be a teacher. Yeah, and then,
0: now I, I believe personally that we need these things in our society. I mean, mm-hmm. th- think of when you're down and you listen to a great song that you love and it just touches you and moves you, which is the reason why I hate most modern music because it's all garbage, <laughs> auto-tune, meant for playing on pop stations for, it's, it's for manu- kids to sing it's manufactured it's ridiculous yeah it's like it's, i want to hear real music that moves my soul yeah it's like
1: it's all just manufactured from a board they're like we're gonna do this stuff yeah and these because it movies.
0: sells yeah that's why they do it because it's popular people are gonna dance to it it's gonna sell they're gonna make shit tons of money yep. but it's not real music now i believe that we need that kind of stuff in our culture but i don't think you need to go to school for that Now, on the flip side of that, if that's what somebody really wants to do and that's what they want to dedicate their lives to and and that's the passion that they have in school and they want to do that, fine. Do it, that's fine. I don't care. It's all up to you. But when you get out of school and you've got all these student loans to pay back and now you have to go get a job at Starbucks because you can't find a job anywhere else, I don't want to hear you bitching. That was the choice that you made. Live by it. Sucks to be you. Get over it. But... Sit at home, make your music, and put it out there, and maybe something will happen later. Especially now, I mean, it's, it's easier now than ever to get found. If you just have you have one video on YouTube that goes viral, you know, you, you could be found and get picked up or do whatever. So I mean, light it up, do your thing, but don't complain to me that you don't have some job and everyone needs to be guaranteed a job. And this and that. that's not how the fucking world works.
1: Yeah, it's you know, if if you go to a fifty thousand dollar private school to get a music major, you're probably making the wrong choice. You know, you might, who knows, you might be the best, the best, I can't talk, the next Mozart. Well, have we we
0: seen one since Mozart? No. (laughs) Dare I say it? Because I mean, people just don't make music anymore. That's one of the reasons why, like, I love Corey Taylor. He's my favorite artist. He's the musical genius of our time. And most times when I say that, people look at me and go, who? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like, it's either that or they completely agree with me. It's one of the two. It's never in between. And it's just, he's amazing, but he sings for Slipknot and Stone Sours, They're hard metal bands. And most people don't listen to that kind of music. But if you listen to him, you listen to his lyrics, you listen to things that he sings, you know, it's like it can transport you to another world. Like the, the song that I always tell people to go to is Snuff. Like Snuff is the song that made me think that uh what was it like stone sour was like singing slipknot or whatever it was I'm like oh that's that that's slipknot or that, oh, that's oh, you know, like that's cory taylor that's that's his band this and that like and i didn't realize it like it was his other band or and it was it was it was hilarious like, i was i just i didn't know it was going back and forth it's just his other band slipknot oh <laughs> well, yeah but, but it's like but it's, you hear that song and it just it takes you to another dimension i mean it's just whenever I hear that song, like I have to play it like two or three times and I had to close my eyes and you're just jamming to the music. And like, to me, that's what music is supposed to be like. And we need those kind of things in our culture. We absolutely need that. But I don't believe that kids need to go off and get a hundred thousand dollars in student debt to learn music. I don't think they need to do that. I think they could do that if they took some classes here and there, it took some things on the side or did whatever, if they were working or doing something else. But you can't make you can you can't really make a career out of that because most people never will.
1: Yeah, I'd say where maybe we the difference from 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 Corey there is, you know, maybe if you're a performance major where you have this very traditional kind of music and you're trying to understand like the history and stuff like that. Well, I think that's
0: what a lot of their curriculum is about.
1: It is. Um, so there's like sl- slight differences. Or if you want to be a conductor, probably pretty important to go to school. Absolutely. If you want to be an educator? You definitely want to go to school. I mean, there are. There are niches for this. Absolutely. But once again, if if you're just going to, you know, up upstate university, uh, which is more known for, let's say, their business school, and you just go to their humdrum little arts program just to get it, I don't think you've made the right choice. No,
0: but I don't think that somebody who goes to college for business makes the right choice either. Depends. I'm pretty sure on that one because most people that go to school to learn business, they're learning from people who don't have a business. Fair point. I think they'd be better off to go and shadow someone who actually owns a business and learn from them. Like go be their assistant, go handle their emails, go get their dry cleaning. I mean, come on. Like you could learn a lot more from a business person than a professor who's going to teach you about business, but has a job.
1: That's, see, that's, that's tough though, because... I don't think we're really in the day anymore where you could be, you know, you could be like the self-startup guy. I mean, a lot of places seem to like one of the requirements is that degree for whatever stupid reason.
0: Well, yeah, because it's it's the old adage of you need it to get ahead in life. So if you don't have it, you're stupid. This is ridiculous. Like, I mean, I mean, how many times have you heard of somebody who's like a secretary, you know, or administrative assistant, or whatever they want to call themselves? I don't care. Like, and you have to have a degree for that. Like, you're telling me you have to have a degree. <laughs> Like a college degree to answer phones and to schedule things with your boss and mm-hmm. to do things for them. And, like, are there certain things in there that, you know, like, are tough and require somebody who's smart and educated to do? Like, absolutely. But you don't need some freaking degree to do that. And you can learn to do that as you do your job.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean like, just,
0: that's ludicrous. You don't need a degree for that.
1: Yeah, just... Come in with the right attitude and be willing to learn the yeah. job as you go, and then you'll rise up in the in the ranks.
0: And you get some kid who's going to come out of school with some business degree. What the hell are they going to do with that? They're going to go start some some new fandangled business and become gazillionaires because they're super business savvy and all these kind of things they learn from school. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah,
1: really. You know, t- to your point, I think that the biggest business owners are all the self starters, the guys that had enough Absolutely. gumption. To get it going on the and own, if you and they look made something out if you it.
0: look at the actual statistics of most of those people they were C students at best and most of them didn't finish college yeah great example of this is Michael Dell Michael Dell got kicked out of his dorm room for running his business Dell Computers out of his dorm room
1: <laughs> for real I he was know building this.
0: computers in his dorm room they huh. kicked him out of school because he was running his business outside of his dorm room so then he moved into like his parents or his grandparents garage or something like that and and kept going with Dell computers and now he's like a gazillionaire or whatever I mean things have kind of gone a little bit downhill for him but we should you know I mean I think he's lost a few trillion dollars of net worth we should all send him a get well soon card
1: <laughs> do a GoFundMe. me yeah
0: <laughs> I mean but yeah I mean that's just how you hear of a lot of these business guys and most of them were c students at best and, then, yeah, they, they hire A students, you know, to, to kind of run parts of their business. But the guys who are actually running the business, most of them weren't very good at school or didn't go.
1: And to that point, too, I guess, you know, not everyone's going to be that guy that makes a multibillion-dollar business. So is there still maybe a need for people to go to college and kind of learn the ropes? If they
0: want to get out and have a job forever, fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's no big deal. But it's just, you're not going to learn business from school. Because they don't know business. Because they you. run a school. They have jobs. I feel you. Great example of this is like me. Like when I went to school, I talk about this all the time. I'm sure people are sick of hearing it. But whatever. Get over it. It's Like I went to school to learn AutoCAD. To learn how to draft on a computer. And I got out. And I realized, first of all, my instructors didn't know jack shit. Because they hadn't worked in the field for, you know, probably over 20 years. Because they'd been at school teaching AutoCAD. They hadn't been out in the field working with it. And, and I got got actual, got out and got a real job. I couldn't barely find one because everyone had moved on to 3D drafting, to SolidWorks, to Pro-E, to, to those kind of, you know, technologies. And I was I was almost in a dying field. And I was like, I didn't even get out of school yet. I'm already like shooting myself in the foot. I can't find a job. And, and I got into, you know, a job that was like the only industry that still worked in AutoCAD because they didn't need to do 3D modeling. And it's like, I've been stuck in that industry kind of ever since. But it's like, I could have taken a two-week class, like from an AutoCAD you know license drafter or whatever, and learned more than I learned in two years from my associate's degree mm-hmm. and from people who are actually using it in the field now instead of you know professors who hadn't been in the field for 20 years. I mean, were there some other things that I learned in school that were valuable? Yes, of course, absolutely. But there's got to be a better way to teach our kids these things without strapping them with of all this freaking debt.
1: I will personally, so if I ever have children, i will personally tell them kind of something similar that my mom told me but i'm not going to necessarily try to paint college as the only path
0: no cause i it shouldn't be
1: you know if, if you want to be a welder be a welder i mean i i know plenty of guys that school is just not their thing
0: no and, and you could make a lot of good money
1: yeah and they got out with next to no debt at least compared to me and they're doing great now in the same breath it's a dangerous job. Yeah, and, it's and
0: a dangerous job. It's tough. Exactly. You're going to be in hot, sweaty places. You're going to be up on ladders. And you're you're going to be working. You're gonna wear your body. Yeah, you're going to you're going to shoot out your shoulders and your knees from being on them all day. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're going to get burns on you. You're going to probably have trouble hearing and with with sight later from all the flashing and everything. Look, there's going to be some occupational hazards. Mm-hmm. But guess what? That same kind of stuff happens with people sitting at a desk for 20 years too. <laughs>
1: get get your get your carpal tunnel and your backs out of shape, and you're getting fat and got diabetes and high blood pressure. That's and, why
0: a lot so. of people go to, like these standing desks to stay up and keep moving. Mm-hmm. It's like
1: I can't stand all day. It beats my body
0: up. Of course, I'm a bigger guy too, so maybe it's easier if you're smaller, but. I just
1: I can't do that, so I got to sit down. Yeah, so it's just it's just choices, but it's it's clear that college is just not it's it's not the only. It's answer. not the be all end all. It used to, you know, and it used to be the college was like for the elite, like oh, he went to college, he's a, he's a he's an educated yeah, guy. Yeah, but now
0: everybody's got a degree, and most of them don't have real
1: jobs. And sadly, it's become like a four year summer camp. Like you know, kid, the mom and dad just drop him off. And it's just happy fun time for four years for some of these kids. Yeah,
0: and I know that that's probably a lot of good things of growing up in life and learning to be on your own and be responsible and realize, oh, I can't just go partying and drinking and smoking pot every day. I've actually got to be responsible and go to class so I don't get kicked out of school. And I understand there's lots of social things that people can learn from that. But again, I just think there's got to be a better way to teach these kids you know, all these kind of things without strapping them with so much debt. And I do not believe that free college is the answer. Not for a second.
1: No, I, you know, and I've, I've heard every other different theory that's probably gone in one ear and out the other,
0: but, uh. What are some of the things that people do talk about with that? Because I know that's a hot topic right now. They want, they want kids to have free college. They say it's an investment in our future and it's putting into our kids and those kind of things. But it's just, we all know how this works. Like if, if you don't work for something and
1: earn it yourself, it doesn't mean anything. So to the ladies and gentlemen listening to this, uh. I'm not an expert in this field, so I'm going to try to puppet what I've heard in the past. Well, let's be real honest. We can
0: put out the disclaimer. We're not experts in anything. (laughs) We're just sitting here with a couple of beers, having a fun conversation. Just
1: shooting the shit. So from what I've heard is that it really started to kind of go downhill cost-wise when it sounded like the government started kind of subsidizing, you know, paying for some stuff, and Instead of bringing the cost down, they just made things more expensive.
0: Okay, that's what and the government tends to do.
1: So that that's really the big thing I've heard is that, you know, we need to get these bloated uh, costs and bloated salaries out of out of college. Because I mean, in some of these places the professors are making six figures, and there's no reason why, you know, a textbook should cost five hundred dollars. No, that's ludicrous. Also, to anyone going to school, just remember don't buy anything from the college bookstore. Never, <laughs> that ever. That place is the mafia. Yes. Oh, go, my gosh. go
0: online, buy it there.
1: So, I mean, it's just, for some reason, you know, you're at this one place and everything's just expensive. I mean, heck, I remember we were, me and my, my buddies were looking at our, our food pass, which we had to buy. We could not opt out of our food service pass, be, even though the we were paying, I think we did the math, we were, we were paying like $15 per meal for crappy cafeteria food yeah
0: which is like overcooked hot dogs yes. and crappy pizza and all that kind of
1: stuff you know and, and this particular place i went to was not known for its good food let's just say that it was not very well prepared and i was getting to a point where i was either eating really bad pizza every day or if even that wasn't good enough i would just go get captain crunch for breakfast lunch and dinner and then i'm like i just paid 45 dollars today for three bowls of captain crunch like this is crazy. <laughs> so, I mean and and we couldn't opt out. That's the crazy thing. Like it would have been great if we could just gone to, you know, some office somewhere and be like, "Hey, we think we're really paying too much money for this. Can you just give the money back and I'll just go buy groceries for myself?" Nope, couldn't do it until I don't know, we were maybe maybe juniors or something that we could opt out. But if you were like a freshman or a senior,
0: a freshman or sophomore,
1: or sophomore, tough uh, tough cookies. You're in the program. Sorry.
0: And I remember we had the option to buy cards, you know, like punch card kind of things. And we, we could do that. And, but I think it was all on our own. Like it was an option. Like it was here, it was available. Like nothing was swiping. It was, it was very old school technology. So they would go in, they'd punch a little hole in your card and like you got a meal or whatever. And I used to eat, you know, bullshit stuff. I mean, hot dogs and stupid stuff mm-hmm. and things like that. There's nothing healthy, nothing good there. We just, you get something to fill the hole, you know, and then. And by the second year, we were doing some more cooking and stuff in the dorm and doing that kind of stuff. But even that was horrible food because we were cooking in our dorm rooms. So we, we weren't going down to the kitchen with pots and pans and cooking up real food, which we probably should have done because we had friends off campus in apartments. We could have gone there and cooked up like a whole bunch of food for the week and had stuff in the refrigerator. But I, it just you don't know at that age. I mean, now that's, that's kind of what I do for the week. Like I'll, I'll cook like a, a big meal like on Sunday or something. And then I'll have food you know, pretty much for the rest of the week with a couple of spaces in there for going out to lunch or going out to dinner or where I have you if I'm going out to see friends or whatever. And you always kind of plan that in so you don't have tons of leftover food by the end of the week. You're like, well, shoot, I eat out two or three times this week, but I've got all this extra food I've got to throw away now. So I yeah. kind of do that for me. But that's just what, what
1: works for my lifestyle. I'm still bad. I eat out too much. But even like an average day, I am I try to – you know. I get mad if I spend more than fifteen bucks on food for that day. Yeah, let alone and eating out—that's hard.
0: That's hard to do because things are so
1: expensive anymore. Yeah, I just get cheap stuff that's bad for my body. (laughs) Well, I I do. I do the
0: same thing, but you really shouldn't. I mean, I know I need to eat better, Mm -hmm. but it is what it is. But we. But so if we go back to college now, and so you had all these classes and stuff. You're doing all these kind of things and you're buying all these ex- crazy expensive books and everything else. I mean, but how, how do you really change the system though? I mean, because if, it's if, if,
1: stop going.
0: Well, yeah, there's that, but people aren't going to do that because they, they want their kids to get ahead. They're not going to not send them to school.
1: Well, when, when, when my generation gets to that age and they're still paying off their debt, <laughs> they, they might, they might not so eagerly send their kids off to college. We'll see. It's one of those, you know, We'll see what happens kind of thing.
0: Okay, so what kind of reform do you think colleges need to have to maybe make it more affordable for students and to keep the government out of
1: causing more problems? I do know that my personal, the school I went to, of course, after I had left, uh, they had actually promised to lower tuition. Because once again, though, it was because they – they weren't getting as many incoming freshmen as they were in the past. Okay. So people were speaking with their wallets and the school was like, understand we're about to go broke. So they ha- they were forced to, to lower it. I mean, other than, you know, I'm not an economist, so I can't tell you exactly what to do or what forces could be done to, you know, force their hand. But I'd say the big thing is that speak with your wallet. You know, if it's too expensive, say, Hey kid, uh, you know, Hey little, little Timmy, I'm, <laughs> I'm helping you get to school and I don't want this one because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pay $50,000 a year. Yeah. So, and, and, and at the same time too, you know, when these kids are going to school, you know, they're throwing all these big, and I know we just kind of switched topics again, but you know, when you're like 18 and you're signing up for your loans and stuff like that, you really don't know what you're doing. You have but, no idea. You know, I remember when they were making me sign up for stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I can you know.
0: remember getting my first credit card you know, I was like 18 years old. I was, I think I was just getting ready to get married, had a little girl, like life starting off, like, here we go. And got the old application in the mail. And to my mind, I was like, oh, this is like a big momentous day. Like I need to go out and make a big purchase. That's why you have credit cards. This is amazing. And I was just so young and naive. I didn't know any better. You know, I remember like going out and just blowing a couple hundred dollars on the credit card because I didn't have the cash to buy something. And it was like, how did i do i'm like going out wasting a bunch of money because like this is what i've been taught to do so yeah you don't know anything of that and so when you're sitting down for college and you're signing away for 30 50 whatever it is you know thousand dollars a year plus your books plus your room board plus your food card plus all the other things it's like you don't know what you're getting into
1: yeah it's and and fafsa is a joke now what's that FAFSA is when I forget what the exact acronym stands stands for, but it's the thing you sign up for to determine how much government aid are you going to get for college. Okay, I was told, "You're good kid. We don't we don't need to give you anything." Because
0: um, your parents make too much money at their factory they, work. They
1: made just just enough, and my parents were actually the not the norm for my family. They both had office jobs, but they made just enough that I wasn't going to get any aid. But yet the the government acted like my parents. Could just pay for my college themselves. They they don't have that kind of money. They got bills to pay. Yeah, they got bills to pay. I mean, they you know they got stuff they got to do, uh, you know. And so, for I was fortunate that my parents had a deal where they took out a line of credit on me because they could at the time. And the deal was I would pay them back. They would their gift to me was the interest on that. I would pay back the principal, but that was still tens of thousands. of yeah, dollars. Yeah,
0: still a lot of money. And that's so. nice when they're willing to help you out doing that. That's yeah. great.
1: But it's not like, you know, it's not like these people that are like, oh yeah, mommy and daddy sent me to school and now I have no debt. And I'm like, oh, that's cute.
0: Well, yeah, but we've all gone to school with kids like that. I know I went to college with kids like that. And guess what? I went to a two-year tech school and I graduated in two years. And I went, I went back down the following year and all my friends were still there. And I think I went back down the following year because all my friends were still there. Cause they didn't care cause mommy and daddy were paying for it and they didn't have to get good grades and have to work hard. But it's like, I had a young family at home. I had mouths to feed. I had things to do. Like, let's go, let's, let's get on this thing. Cause like I, I didn't take high school seriously at all. Like if it would not have been for sports, I would not have graduated. Mm-hmm. Like, I just would not have gone. Like, this is stupid. I'm not coming. But since I had to be there for half the day to go play football, I was like, oh, I guess I'll show up at fourth <laughs> period. And skip all my morning classes and get the homework from my friends and not worry about it but it's like i took college seriously because again like i had i had a little girl at home i had i had a wife at home like it's time to hustle and work like here we go like the whole idea of me being here is like is not to go to college to play football which is what i wanted to do it's like i didn't have any good offers i had to go to some small school and walk on and try to make like the special teams or something but mm. it's like i wanted to go do that but I had responsibilities, so we decided, like, okay, two-year tech school, go in, get a degree, come home, get a job, support your family. This is what we need to do. Let's go. Because mom and dad are always like, you got to get a degree. You got to get a degree. You got to do all these kind of things. Like, okay, here we go. But I just, I remember, like, all those kids there that mommy and daddy were paying for all their stuff. They were still there two years later after I graduated.
1: Yeah, it's... <laughs> it's just it's just not the way to go. Fortunately, I high school was a breeze for me. And then I was fortunate to decide to go into a STEM field, which honestly is now what's now what's STEM science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. I, I am in a field that is one of those letters. So you're a nerd. I am a nerd, <laughs> but, and the crazy thing is at the time when I, I chose it, I just chose that. I decided that back when I was a sophomore in high school, I was like, I'm going to do this. And the, I actually stuck through it. That's the thing I went to school for. And that's the thing I got my degree in and i just did it because that's what i wanted to do and i thought hey it looks like it's pretty successful i can make a job out of this and then it turns out it's like one of the real hot ticket careers right now and i pers- personally i kind of view myself lucky as falling into that i knew you know i knew i was going to i was going to be able to live off of it but yeah. now it's i'm going to do pretty okay for myself i think
0: which is good i mean realistically as long as you're not A complete dumbass. You know, (laughs) most people with a decent paying job can do okay for themselves. Yeah. It's all about managing what's what's coming in. It was all people always think like, oh, well, I make forty grand a year. If I just made fifty, everything would be better. And then if they make fifty, like, oh, if I just made seventy-five, everything be, everything would be all good. And if you make seventy-five, like, oh, if I just made a hundred, we'd be good. And if you make a Oh, if I just made two hundred, and oh, if I just made two fifty or four hundred, <laughs> or if I just made five hundred thousand, or if I just made a million dollars a year, I'd be fine. And, and you hear this like people talking about this kind of stuff. Like, nope. If you just learn to manage what you have, you'll be just fine. I remember hearing on a CD not too long ago, a, uh, a business professional was working with a gentleman um, about his finances and business and those kind of things, and and the guy made literally a million dollars a year. And he's like, "Yeah, I gotta make 1.5, or I gotta make two, or I gotta do this, I gotta." What was and the guy was like, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, 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 stop! Like, if you can't make it on a million, we got some problems, Jack." Like you need to cut down your spending. You need to live within your means. You got to save. You got to cut all these things down. If you have to sell your house, sell your house. You got to sell your cars, sell your cars. Like just just because you make money doesn't mean you need to spend all of it. And mm-hmm. that's what society teaches us to do, which is why they keep people broke. People come out of school, and what do they tell kids to do?
1: You yeah. should go get
0: a brand new car. Yeah, car a brand house. new car.
1: Not a used car.
0: No, of course not, because that's not cool. You've earned it. Okay. You need a
1: new car. to get you the 2018 Honda Accord. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is a bitch and ride. <laughs> but it's like we tell all these kids to do this kind of stuff, but but who tells them? Oh, um, marketing firms who are making money off the interest of you making payments on your brand new car. Mm-hmm. How about you go out and you buy a car for cash that you can afford. You drive that thing till the wheels fall off. You save your money. And then later, you can buy a car that you like in cash. How about you do that? That
1: is the only way I do it. Yeah. And
0: that's how most people should do it. Now, granted, I do understand that having a loan on a car is not the end of the world. It's your main means of transportation. That's fine. But I always tell people what my mentors always told me. He's like, you can have a car loan. It's not the end of the world. It's no problem. But no matter what, you will always have a car payment. Yes. Now, if you're getting a car loan... It's like, it's simple. Keep it to $200 and no more than two to three years. He's like, if you can't do it for that, then you can't afford the car, plain and simple. So if you want a nice car, then you've got to have enough saved up to put down to only finance that much. You can pay it off in two to three years for $200. -hmm. These are the rules. No big deal. So you want a nice car, save up your money, put a bunch down, problem solved. And said, and then when you get it paid off, you're gonna take that same two hundred dollars, and you're gonna pay yourself in a savings account. Whereas me, I like the envelope system, so I like to put mine in cash in an envelope in the safe. That's what I like to do. I like to watch it grow, put my fingers on it, and feel like Scrooge McDuck. I like it.
1: (laughs) Swimming pools? (laughs) Yeah, well, not so much. I wish
0: I had that much. That'd be great. If I just had a couple of bricks, that would make me happy. But like so far, there's a couple of envelopes, little hundreds in there, but it'll, it'll grow eventually. I just got to keep at it, but. I like to do that, so every every month you make that payment, $200, $200, $200, by the end of the end of the year, you got some cash saved up, and it's good. What's nice about that is that's your car fund, mm-hmm. so when I need new tires, comes out of the car fund, when I need new oil change, comes out of the car fund, when, you know, I, I'm gas, I just pay on my regular bills, because there's no point to put out of the car fund, because, yeah, it's just, you have to drive, it is what it is, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, some people drive less, some people drive more, that's up to them, but... It's like you just got to put that money away. So that way later, after two or three years, you get to your car and it starts to, okay, well, there's some suspension problems. There's this problem. We got a wheel bearing out. We need to do this kind of work. And it's it's going to be like, you know, $1,500. Like, okay, cool. And you go into your car fund, you scratch out $1,500 and you, you go pay the guy and, it, and it's done. It's nice. Or you get to the point where you realize, okay, I'm putting too much money into this. Now I'm putting almost $200 a month into the car just to keep it running because it's so old and beat up and falling apart. Now it's time to take the couple grand that I have saved up and go put down on a new car. And if I have to get a loan, it's not the end of the world. But if you could save up the cash and buy it outright. Now, granted, I look for cars that are four or five years old Mm -hmm. off of a lease trade-in, preferably, that have been taken care of, have done all the maintenance and done all that kind of stuff. I try to find single owners, obviously, you know, adults. I try not to find kids who had the things. <laughs> and you can usually tell just by looking at it, let's be honest. And you, know, you try to find all these things. And if you can buy the car at just over 100,000 miles, you can get a pretty good deal. Now, to do that, you've realistically got to buy a car that's going to last to 250 or 300,000 miles. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, that's been Nissan, Honda, Toyotas. Toyota. That's about it. Now, granted, I had some great luck with the Hyundai Azera that I had bought from my old boss. It's a great deal. Couldn't pass it up. And that was a tank of a car. Never had any problems. I think I had like a bearing go wrong in the engine like once ever. And then it got to the point where it had like 200,000 miles on it. Oh, maybe a little bit more. And, uh, and suspension was starting to go, but you know it's going to go. And I had to spend a couple hundred dollars to get some suspension and a wheel bearing fixed. And I was like, okay, but that's just normal maintenance. It's no problem. It was It was a few hundred dollars. No big deal, but that that car was a tank, and it just it just kept working and working and working. Whereas all these kids want these fancy brand new cars with you know technology in them and this and that, and those things only last to a 100, 150,000 miles. Now I know some of the different cars have gotten better, and some of the Fords, some of the Chavys, some of those other ones, mm-hmm. they are doing better, but they're nothing like the Toyotas, the Hyundais, the Nissans. I mean, those just have such good pedigrees. It's just that's kind of what I go for.
1: Yeah, you really can't go wrong. I mean, they, they'll they have their individual problems every now and then. Like, I know the Civics back in, I want to say maybe 2012, 2013, had some issues. But, you know, it's all about, you know, when you redesign stuff, it'll have their problems. You, but Honda, Toyota, Nissan, you can that's a safe bet. Usually, yeah. Usually. Subarus, you know, stuff like that. I know my personal thing is find you an old lady that just takes a particular car to church in the grocery store and when when she can't drive because she can't see the road anymore buy her car (laughs) look that's that's
0: normally what you buy so so what what are some of the cars that you've picked up that way because that that is a great way to buy cars the problem with that is is you get a grandma car and you will get made fun of
1: but they're great cars yeah but when you can just just straight up grab it in cash right then and there and have a car with you know i think my dad bought a buick from an old lady for, that had 16,000 miles on it and he bought it for six grand and he's still driving it to this day and it's got like 250,000 miles on now it. How old was it when he bought it? Uh, it was, let me think. How old was that thing? I want to say, oh man, I'm trying to think when he got that. It, it was not 10 years old. It just. It, I, I, I do know that. It so was, like an eight or 10 year old car probably
0: yeah. with
1: 16,000 miles on mm-hmm. it.
0: I'm pretty sure I drive more than that in half a year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, now he's got, you know, he's on his way to 300,000. And and I'm his personal mechanic. I'm the one that, like, if something goes wrong, I'm like, all right, Dad, I'll be home with some tools and we'll fix it. The worst thing I fixed on it is a wheel bearing. The The thing's amazing.
0: Well, I mean, a lot of those cars are good if you take care of them. Most people just drive the shit out of them and they don't take care of them. Well,
1: and it really depends, like, as far as this particular one, for all you, if anyone out there is a is a car nut this this is a buick Lesabre with a Th- series 2 3800 engine which you know anyone who knows american cars that's you know it's not the the most powerful engine and it's not the most exciting engine it is just a well built v6 engine and it'll, it'll go forever you know the, i probably the worst thing about the, the buick Lesabre is just it's so vanilla <laughs> you know it's just got you know, a bench seat in the front, a bench seat in the back, and it looks kind of like just bubbly on the outside. It, it'll get you going. You may not look very cool, but you'll get there eventually. I mean, it's it's
0: transportation. It yeah. gets you from point A to point B. It's just just a car. Yeah. You but know, everybody yeah. wants, like, this fancy new thing, and they want to look, you know, amazing, and they want to get, like, these leases and get a brand new one every two years, and they do all this kind of stuff. And it's it's like, what are you doing? You just, I mean, you just need a car.
1: It's like, I'll, I'll admit, I, I really have a thing for uh, coupes. And I love, love Cadillac Coupes, like the new ones. They're very, very angular and sporty looking. But they don't have the best history right now with longevity. No, no, not and, at all. And you look at, you know, you'll buy one of those cars brand new off the factory room floor. I'd say anywhere from forty to $60,000 right there. Just wait a couple of years, wait a few years, they bring them back. You can buy them for like in the teens or the 20s, same car. So, I mean, it's, there's really no point in getting a brand new.
0: No, because they lose so much value in the mm. first couple of years, which is why leases to me are hilarious. Because everybody, everybody always tries to justify to me why they feel justified in getting a lease. And oh, it's a good decision. You get a new car and it's never going to have problems and yada, yada, yada. Like, you're paying for the depreciation of value in that car. And then at the end of that lease, there's all kinds of these stringent rules and regulations of what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. And the dealer is going to sell it then to somebody like me who wants a newer car, but I never buy new. I always buy like used off of a lease trade-in and they're going to sell it to me because it's now it's a used car. It's a few grand off. It loses like what, 20 to 30% of its value something like in the that. first like year or two or something like that. I, t- I typically tend to buy, to buy like one that's like three or four years old because it's a little bit cheaper because, well, I'm cheap, but-
1: and the nice thing, it'll be certified, so you get all the warranties, all the guarantees. Like it'll... Usually,
0: by the time that I buy it, they don't really warranty it too much oh, really? anymore. Usually, the mile's are a little bit higher. Gotcha. Because they're usually kind of close to 100,000 miles. Like, like, the last car I just bought, it was a, it was a 12. It was four years old. It's a Honda Accord. It had 66,000 miles on it. Single owner, with the dealer. Had all the, what do they call that, like... Um, the Carfax thing yeah, yeah. so like they had their maintenance every couple of months see all the oil changes on there you can see it like went right to the dealer they did all those kind of things so you could tell it had been taken care of and it's like okay cool and i went and picked it up I haven't had one problem with that car and now i've got uh like 180 some thousand on that car a couple of years later and i'm like it's it's got to last me another two or three years but with the miles that i drive it shouldn't be a problem they're all highway miles i mean yeah things are going to wear out they're going to get beat up but essentially the car is going to drive pretty well yeah, just
1: just plan on things like suspension and wheel bearings yeah of
0: course and so then that kind of money like again because i pay myself the car payment because it's paid off you know and i pay myself that car payment every month and it goes you know mm-hmm. goes in the envelope and so that way when that kind of stuff does come up and i need new suspension i need new wheel bearings and things are feeling a little funny i'll take it to my guy mm-hmm. he works out of a shop he's cheap you know it's, it's not going to be like a registered thing like you'd see in the carfax or whatever but he does good work and i trust him which is all you really need but It's like that next year changed generations for that Accord. And they went to the CVT instead of like Ah. just a regular like four-speed or five-speed automatic or whatever it is that I have now. I think it's a five-speed. It's four with an overdrive. And and I was like, I want nothing to do with a CVT for the very first technology in the Honda. Now, with like a Nissan or a Toyota or something like that, they've had them for years. They've had them since like, what, 07 probably, something like that, somewhere in there.
1: I know Toyota. They, I think they've had them, but I think they kind of like staying with the gears for right now. But yeah, Nissan's had them for a while. They've had them
0: for a long time, so they've had a chance to work all the bugs out. Because again, I'm not just gonna have a car for two years. I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna drive it pretty much till the wheels fall off, and then once it becomes too much to start putting money into it, then I'll start. I'll start looking to get a new one. Mm-hmm. So now I'm looking at what do I do now? Because like. I'm not going to be able to afford one of the newer Accords where they've got some of the bugs worked out, but I don't want to buy one of the older ones like a 13, 14, 15 that it, you know, it's the first time they've had them in there and they haven't ran them for 200,000 miles to see if they can handle them. So I don't want to be changing out a transmission after 100,000 miles. I don't want to do that. Yeah. So I've, I've got to make the decision. What do I do? Do I buy a Nissan or a, a Toyota or something like that? Or do I go back and I buy the same generation car that I have now? Because that's what I'm kind of leaning towards right now. It's like it's like 07 to 12 or 08 to 12, something like that. And I was like, I could buy the same thing. Just find one with low miles for somebody who had it in the garage, took it to church, did those kind of things, and and get it with 100,000 miles and have another three or four years to get out of it, save up some more money, and then... I can buy another one once they've worked all the bugs out.
1: That's honestly not a bad idea because with it being such a newer car-ish, you know, it's you'll find one out there that's been treated right.
0: Yeah, I mean, because like my mentors always told me is like you want to stay away from cars that are ten years old or older because mm-hmm. then you start to have problems. Brake lines start to rust out, radiator hoses start to go. You just start to have issues because things are getting old, especially if it's not driven. Like where's my car? Like say it's a twelve, you know. So what? It's what six years old Mm -hmm. you know and i'm hoping to have it for another two or three years so it'll be almost 10 years old by the time i probably get rid of it and it's like but it'll be driven every single day it's my everyday driver so it's not really going to wear out rust out wear. like i mean it's i guess i'll wear it out because i use
1: it but all the rubber components should be good
0: yeah because like things keep moving and they keep running it's not just sitting in somebody's yard
1: somewhere in a garage somewhere Mm -hmm. just getting exposed to moisture from the concrete exactly no, you just have to worry about all the salt.
0: <laughs> well, it, such as Ohio. Yeah. But luckily, there's not too much rust on them. The undercarriage is probably, probably pretty rusty, but it's pretty normal for no, cars th- around I here. Think, I think
1: today the, the Japanese steel is pretty good from like my experience because I've, I've been under a couple, let's say, 10-year-old Hondas, and they're fine. I mean, it has, it has a lot
0: less rust on it than a lot of Fords that I've seen mm-hmm. in the similar years because I, I do like those new Ford Fusions and Ford Tauruses. I like those cars a lot.
1: You know, uh, but I've not
0: seen many of those without a lot of rust on them.
1: You know, Ford's getting rid of their cars, and I heard that. Of, yeah,
0: I heard they're going to go only to like SUVs and trucks.
1: I've heard trucks, SUVs, and I think there's one kind of crossover e car thing. They're going to, of course, and also <laughs> they're the one car they are going to keep is the Mustang. Of course, of course. So yeah, apparently they're just making all their profit in trucks and I mean,
0: I I've, like I've honestly heard the same thing with Honda. They're thinking about getting rid of the Accord and the Civic cuz their sales are down and they're they're going to like those crossover vehicles like the I think it's the HX or the HV or something CRV like that. CRV and the HR. No no, 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 it's it's different. The CRV uh. is like their small SUV mm-hmm. and their Pilot's like kind of their big SUV. And CRV is probably one of their biggest sellers. People like the CRVs. Are all-wheel drive. And it's like, but I I like my Accord instead of my old Civic because it's nice to have a back seat that you know normal size adults can fit in. Mm-hmm. I can open it up, throw my gym bag or tools or whatever in the back that I'm that I'm hauling around. It's kind of nice to have, you know, a four door sedan. But apparently they're just they're not selling them much. They're they're looking to get rid of them at all.
1: That's crazy. I, I
0: think it's ludicrous. I think I think they'll stop that and go back to them because. Uh, there's more cars on the road than SUVs. Now maybe more new cars being sold or SUVs, but there's way more people that want cars. They just may not be buying new.
1: Well, the the advantage with cars is you know the suspension doesn't wear out as fast, and I can kind it's of not as much weight. Yeah, and I can under and also center of gravity. You know how much oh. the body rolls going on. Well, I didn't turning. think about that, but um, yeah, that's just. I, I think there has been a trend as of recently to kind of go to the crossovers, because it's, it's nice. These crossovers today, they're light. Uh, they're relatively small. They're not much bigger than a car, honestly. And you can get, you know, more space for, you know, more, like, room for a similar footprint, yeah. actually. because it's and, taller. And a lot of them have the same engines. You know, look at Subarus. They, all their crossovers have those, those like, 2.5-liter four-cylinders in them or something like that, but... You know, but the thing people with cars they want cars because they're small. They kind of like the smallness of it, and also, you know, a brand new Civic. If you are a guy starting out, like a brand new off the off the showroom floor Civic, compared to other similar cars, not that much money. You know, you can you can get one for low twenties, and
0: they're nice little cars, and they're nice little cars. They're fun. They're racy. They handle they're well. Attractive. They yeah, look good. They're sharp so looking cars. That's, that's all I that's on the road the other day.
1: Crazy to me if that if if Honda was actually considering that.
0: That's what I heard. That's Who knows if they do it or not. But, I mean, it's one of those things, like, they'll probably do it for a couple of years and they'll go right back to it. It's like anything else.
1: And that's, that's crazy, too, because they make them over there in Marysville. Ohio, so I wonder if like that would shut down the plant or something. Because that was always a big thing. Could very well. That plant over there has been there since like the 80s. Unless like,
0: unless Here. they retool the whole thing to make different cars, they might. They might. Who knows? It's possible. To, it depends if they're going to ramp up their production to make up the difference from cars to SUVs. Mm-hmm. If they do that, they'll have to retool the plant to keep it open. But if they're just cutting them out, leaving the same, you know, sales that are going out,
1: man, that's you know, that's nuts. Yeah,
0: it's ludicrous to me. Who be. knows? We'll have to see. I mean, I'd rather have a car. I mean, granted, now I'd much rather have a truck because I actually kind of fit in trucks. So I'm a big guy, <laughs> but I, I can't afford to drive one.
1: Oh, and I, trucks I'd, are so expensive.
0: I just drive too much.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the truck you would probably want to buy that you could afford would probably be like early two thousands, and they're a great truck, but you're going to get tops fifteen mpg.
0: Yeah, and then not to mention the maintenance and yes. and like the parts are so much bigger, and like brakes are bigger, tires are bigger, everything's mm-hmm. bigger. I mean, it's just it cost a lot more money to maintain and, the vehicle, and
1: then if you want a brand new truck, you're going to drop at least forty k.
0: Oh, I mean that's that's a cheap car or a cheap truck. Yeah, I mean that, most that's... of those things go to like sixty or eighty. Yeah, it's crazy, and yeah. it's like for what a pickup truck? It's not even really a pickup truck because the bed's like four feet long, <laughs> like so it can fit in your freaking <laughs> suburb garage. Like what is wrong with you people? Like cause my dad; he, he wants a truck, mm-hmm. and and he can't really find one with a real bed. Because there's all these like tiny little short beds because people don't really need trucks anymore. They, they just, they want to drive in a truck and look manly while, you know, instead of driving their wife's minivan, like, but essentially it's just a minivan, you know, with like a little, tiny little bed and it's just open in the back. So you can't really carry groceries.
1: Yeah. They'll, they'll put, um. You know, I, I know what you're referring. You're probably referring to the Avalanche right now. which is No, just,
0: no. I mean, just most, is the, just a... most of the trucks are now, they're all like they're all crew cabs, like this tiny with, little bed. With like a six-foot bed, yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of them aren't even that big anymore. I mean, like, they have to fit into the garage. That's mm-hmm. why they're designed that way. And it's like, this isn't even really a truck. Like, the idea of a truck is to carry stuff, to move things, yes. to, to go get mulch for your yard, <laughs> do this kind of thing. Like, you can't do that, like, in your minivan. Like, which is what those trucks really are. They're just minivans without the tops.
1: Yeah, it's. I th- I think if you get because I I was wanting to get a a new Chevy Silverado for a while there, and I was like, nah, I still got to pay for my student loans. But <laughs> I even think yeah, get like, those paid off first. Yes, yes. Uh, the the temptation is now gone. Good. But I think I think baseline baseline truck with four wheel drive and maybe an extended cab with an eight foot bed was like thirty five. If and that's like the work truck edition where like you get one color and that color is white. You might just get roll up windows. You might get a radio and you get like the cheapy little, like 16 inch wheels on it or something like that. It's like the worst looking truck. It should have like a, you know, property of this city logo on the truck. It's that kind (laughs) of truck. So, but now you got the trucks now where it's just like, I'll get one with my, you know, crew cab that you could sleep in the back and an eight foot bed and I want, you know, these amazing chromed out wheels on it with big tires. And I want a sound system with 18 speakers surround sound. And I want heated seats and heated windshield wipers. And and then now and then slap in a V eight diesel that gets me thirty MPGs. And all of a sudden you have like a seventy thousand dollar truck right there. Yeah. Though in that same note, there are very well off contractors that are like, I would like to haul my Earth Mover. But feel like I'm sitting in a lazy boy, and good for them for being able to get a truck like that. Yeah, and there's there's a very
0: <laughs> small percentage of population of people that actually need mm-hmm. a truck like that, mm-hmm. and they can have it.
1: That's fine. Not for me. <laughs> Definitely not. I am not. I'm not the the focus market. So, <laughs> what are some of mind? the
0: other cars that you've picked up from grandmas?
1: Oh well, uh, you know the the easy ones out there like Mercury's. Um, Mercury doesn't, you know, of course, doesn't exist anymore. But, you know, Grand Marquis, those are great. They have, you know, V8s in them, which are fun. And honestly, not too heavy on the gas, if as long as you're not tromping on all the time. Yeah. The other thing with Mercury is just the, rear, the rear-wheel drive, I'm totally over that in the winter.
0: Around here, yeah, rear-wheel drive sucks.
1: I was good until one day I forgot to put weight in the back of one thing, and, eh, it's not going to snow. And then it snowed, and I, like, just about hurt myself one day. I was like, all right, <laughs> kind of done with these. But I'm, I'm a Buick man. I love me Buicks. Got me my... I like the Buick Rivieras specifically. Get some two-door action with those. But honestly, I've really, I mean, I don't mess around too much with, like, the Buick Centuries because those were smaller cars that had smaller engines that I don't really know too much about their stuff. But I like the Regals, Rivieras, LeSabres, Park Avenues that have that 3.8 liter in them. Those are great other than that, that's been about it. I'm I'm a Buick guy.
0: Okay, nothing wrong with that. Actually, uh, you were a big help for me when I was looking to get a, a muscle car a couple of years ago, and you helped me pick out the uh, the Buick Skylark because mm-hmm. it was like it was in my price range. I could afford it because I, I what I wanted was a little bit out of my price range, and because my buddy and his dad they build hot rods. They build old Fords, like uh like early late 20s, early 30s Fords. And it's was like, I really wanted a car like that, that he was actually finishing and getting ready to sell because he was wanting to start a new project. And, and I just, I didn't have the cash for it. It wasn't exactly what I wanted, but it would have been a nice start. Um, but so I picked up that, you know, Buick Skylark that I got and you were a big helping me picking that up. So I mm. appreciate that. But I'm actually looking at uh, getting rid of that now to start a new project. So we'll see how that goes. But
1: yeah, you, you got to get what, what is a reflection of yourself. And and it's, it's funny cause I've never seen myself as the thirties hot rod guy, but you know, you're, when you get a car like that, you're trying to, it's, it's going to reflect yourself and you know, while you've had fun with the Skylark, I think it is definitely time. I mean, it's
0: it's one of the things like I got the Skylark because I could afford it and I could yeah. have it now and enjoy it and have some fun and drive it. And it's, it's good and it's, it's fun, but it's just, it's not me. It's not what I want. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was just, it was a car to just fill the space. Until I could really kind of get what I wanted. You know, so it, it served its purpose for sure. Now, I remember so many times I'd be driving in the car and everybody's looking and this and that. I remember. It's loud. <laughs> it was, it's not that it's loud. It's it just a cool little car. It's in good shape. It's got a little rust on it and stuff. But I mean, it's a 72. I mean, it's going to have some problems. But it's just it's, it's just a great little car. It's been, it's been really good to me. And I'm sure it'll be good to somebody else. But I definitely need to get something that's more of me and kind of more reflect me and who
1: I am. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, it's funny because now your car is like the car I would want if I wanted a muscle car. Like, I love 60s and 70s muscle. Oh, I mean, American. everybody loves so, those. Oh, those. I forget what they named that, what that body platform was. A body. That's the A body. That's so, the A body. That was the Chevelles and the Cutlasses. And oh, that was good stuff. Everybody
0: gets pretty much mid to late 60s. Mm-hmm. Once you hit 70, they kind of drop off like was the 72 was the last year for that same a body mm-hmm. so last year they made the a body
1: that was right before the gas crisis yes
0: exactly and then the cars went to crap yes <laughs> which is hilarious because my buick small block v8 5.7 liter um it's i think i, I think i get about 20 to 23 miles a gallon depending I, I have to kind of guess it's not exactly rocket you know not exactly perfect and um, but it's like, it gets decent gas mileage. Like in, and I, granted, I put 90 octane, like non ethanol, like race fuel in it,
1: but you put E90 in it. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff.
0: Well, yeah. My, my, my so, dad, my dad told me it's kind of the way to go for like an older car like that mm-hmm. because like, it's actually supposed to have leaded. Yes. So I'd either have to add like the leaded additive or what have you. Or do like the higher octane stuff. And mm-hmm. The guy that I bought it from, he said he never put the lead additive in it, but always ran it like the higher octane stuff. Hmm. But I got the non-ethanol because apparently the ethanol eats away at some of the seals
1: and things. It's, it's really hard on the rubber. Yeah,
0: so I actually used the same in my lawnmower and all that kind of stuff. And I found that if I let it sit, that it doesn't go as bad as like the regular fuel does. Huh. I've not had as much of a problem because like I don't think I have any stability. Or what are they? Stable? Stable. Stable. I don't have any of that in the car right now. But if we went out there, if the battery's not dead, not because I haven't started it yet this year, right. <laughs> like it'd probably just fire right up. That's and cool. I've never had a problem, never spit and sputtered, none of that kind of stuff. But it's also, I think, like $455 a gallon.
1: It's pricey. It's very pricey. It's,
0: it's not cheap. But that's all right, because it's a play toy. I mean, it's not meant to be driven every day. I mean, every once in a while, if it's super nice, then I'll take it up to work or to the gym or something like that. But typically, it's just kind of around town, so... Yeah, those, those
1: things are great. I I think if I were to get one like that or a Cutlass, I would probably, probably ditch the original engine and probably go crazy and just drop an LSX in it and go fuel injected. Okay. Just go crazy with it. But I know there's some purists out there that are just totally against that, and I understand why you're against that. I would say if you have a super, super, super nice car, like totally clean, no rust, don't touch anything on it. But if you have one, you know, that's got some rust and you're going to do work to it anyway, might as well customize a little bit. I'm I'm more of a resto mod kind of guy. So am I. Yeah.
0: So, no, I yeah. love the idea of the old classic. Like my Skylark is all original. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the reasons why I bought it. It's it's just, it's nice. It's all original. And it's it's great. Whereas he said a lot of guys came down, they wanted to buy it because um, they wanted to turn it into a GS clone.
1: Exactly. And they yeah. wanted
0: to do all that kind of stuff because yes. they, they can buy it cheaper. They can drop the new motor in. they can do all those kind of yep. things. And yep. it's yep. like... Yep. But you can't do that to that car cuz it's just it's 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 old it's classic it's you just you can't tear it all apart. Now if you find a car like you said that needs a lot of work and you're going to do a bunch of body stuff to it and you're going to beat it up and bang on it and do all those kind of things and fine, no big deal, make it to what you want. Who cares? Mm-hmm. But if you got a car that's in good shape and you just
1: leave it alone. Though I will say I personally get a little annoyed when people make clones of cars. You know, like Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's oh, kind it's, of like cheating. It's a Buick GS. No, it's a Skylark. And yeah, you put a badge on. Yeah. you drop it, the new pe- motor in. People do that with SSs all the time in Chevy. Like, they'll get a Malibu, a Chevy Malibu, which looks just the same as a Chevy uh, Chevelle, and then slap, and just paint rally stripes on it and slap an SS. And you're like, oh, wow, that's an SS car. That's really cool. And they're like, oh, well, And they'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's a true SS. Sure thing. <laughs> and then you find out it's a Malibu. You're like, oh. You know, if it just just make it a Malibu, like make it cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like anything and, else. Like, yeah, if anybody just... who
0: knows cars, you're not gonna fool them. Mm-hmm. So, like, nobody's gonna buy it. You know, but to somebody who doesn't understand, they're just trying to look cool for them. So, at that point, they're gonna think anything's cool. They're Not mm-hmm. gonna care what it is. So just like light it up, do your thing. Who cares? Yeah. Now, granted, with you know the you know the hot rod that like my my buddy and his dad build, like they do you know disc brakes on the front and a little bit more modern suspension and. You know some of those kind of things. to so make like they have to like reinforce the frame and order new chassis and mm-hmm. do those kind of things because the older cars like from the 30s and like late 20s like you just they can't handle like you know a V8 being dropped in and it. it's just not gonna not gonna go well because th- those were all four cylinders back then.
1: That or they were you know some of those might have had as big as a a flathead v8 in it but those weren't nearly not as they were not as hot as no modern, no not at modern all. modern 350 not shows. at all so
0: some of those you got to beef them up just for safety measures and mm-hmm. whatsoever but some purists don't like that because they're not original and that's fine but they're their own thing
1: and you're like I, I really don't feel like tutting down the road like you know yeah but i mean if
0: i know a guy like whose dad has one of those old cars like you know like a teens or a twenties like model T or something like mm-hmm. that. And, and it's all original and I mean, it's been restored and everything, but it's just been restored to original and it's just, it's cool and it's fun and it's, it's kind of neat in its own little thing, but it's not what I'd want. Like no. I, I want, I want a nice little hot rod with a nice V8 rumble and you're going to go out and have fun. And I, me, I want a five speed. Like I want to shift the gears. I don't want to just put it in gear and go. I, that, to me, it's a hot rod. Like you're supposed to drive those
1: things. Yeah, like, let it, let it eat, let it get to about fourth, four grand five grand on the clock before you shift it you know have have fun with it yeah
0: of course that's the idea of kind of
1: cars like that let her rumble a little bit (laughs)
0: all right so kind of moving away from cars let's get back into politics here so i know that uh there's been some crazy stuff going on with alex jones recently (laughs) and we were kind of talking about before earlier so why, why don't we kind of talk a little bit about what happened maybe and why it happened and kind of maybe a little bit about like what alex jones does and Because I'm sure a lot of people have heard the name, but maybe don't understand all of what's going on.
1: So Alex Alex Jones is the creator of InfoWars, which, honestly, the first time I heard of InfoWars was, I remember um, being on college campus and seeing a guy with a a bumper sticker that said InfoWars, and he also had a bunch of, like, 9-11 truther bumper stickers, you know, the whole, like, 9-11 is an inside job. That was, like... I think that's what Alex got really started into is when 9-11 happened, and he's just like, oh, it's the Bushes, you know. <laughs> and uh, since then, he's become like this living meme. <laughs> and he said – I mean, in the past, he's, he, he's one of these guys where sometimes, you know – uh, what's the saying? Like every blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Like he's found some stuff that's like somewhat there. Well, like, that's
0: the thing is like he he reports a lot of on conspiracy yeah. theories, and he's, I I used to follow a lot of Infowars way back in the day until I realized that a lot of those kind of alter- alternative you know news sources they're 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 spewing the same bullshit propaganda just on the other side of mm-hmm. the fence. They're not putting out all the truth to let you make up your own mind. It's everything's swayed in their way so you believe the way they want you to yeah. believe. And I remember. I started to realize all that and just got away from paying attention to any kind of media it's, because, it's, like it's all the left, the left-leaning media they, they want you to believe what they want you to believe. The right leading media wants you to believe what they want you to believe. But nobody just gives you the facts, and that's all I want. I want mm-hmm. the facts. I want to make up my own damn mind of what's going on. But, but he, he gets really into the nine eleven truthers and stuff like that. That's globalist media. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Turn the fricking frogs, guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but un-
0: unfortunately, like he really has shown some things that were real. Because there really are some shady things going on out there that get put away as conspiracy theories and, oh, my goodness, and this and that, yada, yada, yada. But there's some real shenanigans going on out there. Mm-hmm. It's just most of it isn't.
1: So I think with him is no one cared, and he was slowly just building this empire. Yeah. And he's got, he's a, got a, he's, a big He's, he's following. got a big following, and he's all over the place and i i just find him as entertainment i think he's hilarious he's just i mean he's
0: he's certainly playing a character that's yeah, that's, that's not a thing. Who, it's, that's not who he is it's a
1: character for tv it's interesting because you know you you've watched joe rogan yeah. and i have dabbled in a little bit of joe rogan joe rogan the way he cuz he per, i guess he's personally known alex for a long, long time, time and he almost makes it sound like it's not a character or maybe he's getting uh, lost. Or maybe he's getting lost in the character.
0: No, I mean, I think Joe's been pretty clear on that on the podcast. Is Alex is a good guy. He gets a little too excited and too into mm. things, and it is a persona. Mm. Like he, he's playing. It's no different than like a um, like when Stephen
1: when Stephen Colbert had a show on Comedy Central. Well, stuff like that, or even yeah.
0: just um, like football. If somebody's announcing for oh, football, like, like they're playing this character and this is what's going on, and oh, we're excited and we're here. John, but, John Madden. Yeah, her, but when man. you get those guys down and you sit down and have a conversation, you give them a couple gotcha. beers. That's that's who they really are. Mm-hmm. But when they're in front of the camera, they're being charismatic and fun and outgoing, and they're making fun of people and doing these kind of things. And and Alex has found that if he makes big enough waves, he gets views, mm-hmm. and that and that's what that's and what it helps. Works. But but I mean, some of the stuff that he does is real. But most of it is crazy when he talks about, like, alien child molesters and, lizard- <laughs> and lizards living underneath the crust of the earth. To, and-
1: to, to be fair, I don't think he's ever gone full lizard people mode. Uh... But he is. I, I, my favorite is the last show he did with Rogan where he's sitting there smoking some weed. And he like, was a little Inter- high. Inter- interdimensional child molesters. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm pretty sure that's been a clip they played oh, on the podcast many gosh. times after that.
1: By the way, I don't are you into like video games a little bit? No, I don't really play video this, games. This is a side note, but um remember the old video game Doom? Yeah. Well they remade Doom I heard. And like and and there are some videos out there where people overlay Doom with Alex Jones quotes. And essentially, Alex Jones is Doom guy. It is hilarious if you go out. And okay, I, I kind of see okay, Alex I get Jones it. Doom. He's like, you know, the Doom thing loads up, and if if anyone knows what Doom is, it's a video game where you're fighting demons. And you will know, so in the trailer, you know, the guy suits up, and you just hear Alex like, "They're demons. They're goddamn demons." <laughs> it just, it just, it just gets really funny throughout the video. If people but... would
0: just put that into worthwhile things we could have like solve the like desalination of you know, the water no, crisis and those kind of things but instead they put memes out on youtube
1: that's you know me, <sighs> don't don't let your memes become dreams people <laughs> but no essentially with alex is he got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and no one cared because no one thought it really meant anything he was just making money on the, on the internet. Some some, you know, jabroni out there making, making money, who cares? And then Donald Trump comes along (laughs) and your boy, Alex gets behind Trump hard. And you know what happens? Trump wins. And even Trump publicly put out their thanks, Alex Jones on Twitter or something like that. People were like, oh my gosh, this has to stop now. Now me, you know, I want him to be out there. I want I, I'm okay with crazy things being out in the internet. Well, the
0: crazy stuff has to be out there because sometimes it's true, and, and, and you're gonna you're gonna see those kind of things in all dregs of society. It is what it
1: is. And if you stifle the crazies, they're just gonna go underground and get crazier. Yeah, that's usually how that so, works. So then all the you know then the, the media and a lot of you know big big heavy hitters started going after him hard, and then you start seeing this stuff recently about his comments with Sandy Hook. A lot of lawsuits against them with these comments against Sandy Hook, which I really don't know what their basis are. I don't know if it's as, as I underst- the basis of the lawsuit. As is. I
0: understand it, um, he's saying that Sandy Hook didn't really happen, that yeah, these he, people are crisis actors. He said it was a false flag. All these kind of things, which, which I mean, people say that about most shootings, a lot of you know conspiracy theory people. Mm-hmm um so i think some of the fam from what i've heard some of the families are suing him for like defamation of character and that kind of stuff saying hey shithead (laughs) i lost my family
1: yeah my kid's dead like fuck you yeah so they're going after him
0: which i completely understand
1: so so yeah so there's that whole thing well then so with alex jones all of a sudden within a 12-hour period he loses his platform on youtube facebook spotify Apple, I think LinkedIn dropped him. But it's it's
0: not that he lost his platforms. Like, these people terminated him.
1: Yeah, his account was gone.
0: gone. With no reason, no rhyme, no nothing. Just, this is our power. You're on our channel. You're now gone.
1: So what they would say is, like, you have violated our terms of service with whatever nonsense. And, you know, it's just... But it's one of those things where... It, it was clearly a coordinated attempt by all parties involved. Like Absolutely. It, there's no way by coincidence Apple's like, you know, we're going to take Alex down today. And Facebook's like, you know, today's a really good day to take down Alex Jones. It was, which is kind of crazy. Cause you're like, are they acting as a trust right now? Cause that's not cool. And then my personal thought is you have a conspiracy theorist with a conspiracy theorist audience with a bunch of powerful corporations, literally conspiring against him to get wipe him off the wipe him off the internet yeah and
0: if they don't like what he has to say
1: tough so he's allowed to say it so my thing is they think they did something good but essentially they made him more powerful
0: well the the problem is is that they took it amongst themselves to do the right thing we need to get rid of this guy and he's a menace and all those kind of problems like no that's not how this all works like that's the idea of having due process and checks and balances and we actually have the government that we have like you can't just do that to somebody like he has the right to be on your platform he did nothing against your terms of services or anything like that. If you don't like what he has to say, tough. Like it's it's you don't have to like what he has to say. He has the right to say it.
1: Well and the thing is it's like, okay, say he did violate your terms of service. He said something like he said quote unquote hate speech or something. Untrue or something like that. Why, why does it matter now and it didn't matter when he was doing his 9-11 truther videos? Well,
0: yeah, but but then it becomes the question of who decides what is hate speech? True. Who decides True. what you are and aren't allowed to say? I mean, I've watched movies. I've seen 1984. I know how this ends. It's bad for all of us. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, that, that's really what it comes down to is they a bunch of these social media platforms that really scarily control our mode of communication for a large part decided to unhuman him and get him off the, off the media. Yeah, and it's
0: just ludicrous. No, nobody should have that much power if, that they think they can do something like that. That's just wrong and get away
1: with it. And then in the same week, there were a bunch of other sort of right wing personalities that started getting kicked out of, of social media platforms. And the real crazy one is I can't think of his name. It was a certain guy. I believe he started this thing called Jihad watch or something like that. And, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Patreon. Yes. So his his Patreon got shut down. No, but but explain,
0: explain what that is for some people. So
1: Patreon is a company by you can pretty much have people sponsor you on a monthly basis. Yeah, so
0: it's a way for a lot of these artists, um, podcasters, uh, people out there with kind of niche things, um, maybe even um, – like video games makers and Mm. things like that. It's, It's a way for them. It's like a website. It's like a service that people can go on and they can buy subscriptions. And you can set up your subscriptions to do whatever you want. Like for a lot of these podcasters, they'll be like, oh, so for $20 a month or $10 a month or $5 a month or whatever, you can be a subscriber and you'll get extra... You know, content or this or that or yada yada yada, and, and it's a way for these people to make money yeah. and kind of do what they do because it's a lot of money to put together these shows and to produce things and to run podcasts. And I mean, some of these people that they, I mean, they sit in their mom's basement and they play video games, <laughs> but they can make a living doing that nowadays because people watch that
1: stuff. So essentially, yes. Yeah. So you'll have a person that makes an account on Patreon, and Patreon will act as a middleman for yes. people to send their money. To them on a monthly basis at various whatever subscription levels you want. And that can be all set
0: up by the person and, who put up the page. Yes.
1: And then Patreon gets a little bit of the, it's a, it's a cut. Exactly. That, that's what it is. And then
0: they make some money by making the transaction, yeah. which I understand. because people aren't going to just send checks. Yeah. You know, they're not going to do that.
1: So what happened was this guy, um, apparently MasterCard, the MasterCard, who somehow I think controls Patreon, told Patreon, you're shutting this guy down now. We're not going to allow any more. Uh, transactions to this account and Patreon's like hey buddy sorry but this is out of our hands you're you're toast and It's like whoa we got like major credit card companies now being the arbiter of truth like yeah. that's super scary well, like,
0: we have to understand like what this really means like this has nothing to do with alex jones this has nothing to do with this you know right-wing guy on youtube that the guy shut him down and patreon shut off his account and it has nothing to do with those people this has to do with rights for all of us and this, this is where it's all being violated right now. It's like nobody can go in, no corporation can go in and say, hey, you know, you can't do this anymore because we don't believe in what you say, but we'll let somebody else stay up and do all this stuff who, you know, who talks against you and says you're evil and do those kind of things. Like, no, that's not okay. Like, it's the idea of like free speech. Like we're allowed to talk about these things. and. And, and until if, if you make people afraid to say what's on their mind, like that's when like George Orwell's 1984 happens. Like it's, it's just,
1: it's bad news. So the main argument against that is that, you know, we have the first amendment freedom of speech and people will correctly point out that freedom of speech is to freely speak, whatever you want to say, as long as it doesn't, is not like a direct threat to violence. Okay. You know, for example, like I can't tell a person I'm going to kill you. I think I believe I could be arrested for that. You can't yell fire. In a movie theater, you can't yell bomb on a plane. Stuff like that. Things that will induce panic panic or direct threats of violence are not protected by freedom of speech. But freedom of speech is just saying what you'll say without having the government arrest you. This is tricky when we have these platforms to speak on because since they're private corporations and we've agreed to their terms of service because no one reads them, they can do whatever they want. And we can say free speech, free speech because... Ultimately, we believe in the spirit of free speech, but it doesn't apply to them because they're just their own companies. And now we're getting into these kind of murky waters of, does the government need to start regulating the internet like they regulate telephone companies? And
0: And there's a bunch of people who think that they they definitely need to, and there's a bunch of other people who think, no, it needs to be free and open for everyone.
1: I'm I'm super scared when it comes to this kind of talk because... I kind of like the Internet being a wild, wild west of information, but, you know, I'm afraid, A, I don't like giving the government control of anything.
0: No, unfortunately, they don't run anything Yeah. well. I mean, and, everything's and, bloated. Everything but, has too many people who don't understand what's going on,
1: and it's just rubbish. But, B, our, our Internet, our one of our main sources of communication in the modern world, is now being controlled culturally by a 300-square-foot piece of land called the San Francisco Bay Area. And they're controlling all of us at this point, and we have to play by their rules. Google, Facebook, Twitter, all that. So what do we do? And I don't know because I, I part of me wants to start kind of leaning more to one side. That's like we just got to kick them out. You know, we have to start regulating, forcing them. But at the same time, I'm, I don't trust the government to do it right. It's one of those things. Like, what do you do? I, I mean, don't it's know. it's
0: probably the big dilemma of our era. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a huge issue. This isn't, like I said, it isn't about. You know, hate speech. It isn't about Alex Jones. It isn't about you know crazy liberals. It isn't about you know right wing people or Nazis or whatever you know people want to call them or whatever. It's not about any of that.
1: For example, I'll throw if there's any lefties out there, I'll throw you a bone. This is kind of similar to the NFL forcing their players to stand during the anthem. You know, I personally don't like the kneeling during the anthem, but I also don't like a company being like, "You will stand or you won't play" kind of thing. Well, yeah, but why did they do that? Why do they do that? Because it's hurting their brand. It's
0: hurting their bottom line. Yeah. It's, it's all about money.
1: Which is why. Like, but, but th-
0: those, those people, those players have the right to do whatever they want. I don't agree with it. I think they should stand. You know, there's a bunch of people out there who fought and died for their freedoms mm-hmm. to, to do that. And that's fine. But it's not the place to do it. If you want to mm-hmm. do it, do it out of season. Do it away from football. Don't make it about football. It's not about football.
1: No. But what I'm saying is you'll have, you'll have YouTube. Alex Jones is making YouTube look bad. So YouTube shuts him down because they can do it. They violate his free speech because they can, cause it's their company. Then you have, you know, the kneeling, which is their freedom of expression. And because, but because they're not, you know, the guy signing the check, they're being forced to stand. So it's one of these things where it's the same thing. Are we going to try to practice the spirit of free speech or not? You know, it's one of those things. It's tough. I no, don't know. No, absolutely. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. There's
0: really probably no right or wrong answer. There's going to have to be some sort mm-hmm. of middle ground that we have to come to. That's the idea of politics, which is why I think things are so screwed up right now is because people want it all their way with no compromise whatsoever. Yes. And you can't ever have that. There has to be compromise.
1: Because you'll have some guy be like, I want Alex Jones back on the Internet, but those people better stand for the anthem. And it's like, you know, you, you, you got to try to be principled on both sides, you know, Personally, I I don't like seeing the kneeling. I think it. I'm not a big NFL fan. I kind of watch it just for background noise. Yeah. But I will say, personally, I was super turned off to it last year. I was like, man, I'm like, great politics and sports. Like, well, that's I'm, the thing I'm, is I'm it's done.
0: it's not the place to make your stand. No. If you want to talk out of season, if you want to go to rallies, if you want to yeah. have big conferences and rent out big halls and do all that kind of stuff and talk about what you want to talk about, that's fine. And per doing that at the like the at the sidelines or whatever is not the place to make your statement
1: and personally i think it's a lot of just i don't think i think a lot of it's just fake virtues oh yeah it's it's bullshit oh i'm standing with my brothers as it's it's,
0: it's all crybaby stuff from people who don't understand what's really going on as
1: i'm as i'm being paid millions of dollars to play my favorite game
0: who get their heads bashed in and will be broke or bankrupt within 10 years Look that look at the NFL. Fact. That's mm-hmm. what it is.
1: Unless you're, unless you're my man, Marshawn Lynch.
0: Like, they are our, our modern-time gladiators. Like, most of them have a career of less than four years, mm-hmm. and almost all of them will be, be, like, dead broke or disabled in a couple of years from all the trauma that their body has had. And not to mention, they went from making millions of dollars to making $30,000 a year working in a factory somewhere. Mm-hmm. And also these, you know, rich gazillionaires who own the teams can make, you know, just gajillions of money. Like no like, no no thanks not for me.
1: <laughs> I believe the NFL is magically a nonprofit organization. <laughs> no, amazing how that works. But well, they've got
0: all these fancy, you know, skyboxes and stadiums and fancy things, and they sell all this merchandise for like you know twelve hundred dollars for a jersey. I'm joking. I don't know how much it is. I'm sure, Approximately. I'm sure it's a couple. I'm sure it's, <laughs> it's a couple. You're you're close. <laughs> I'm sure it's a couple hundred dollars really, but it's just all that stuff's ludicrous. It's just it's not for me. I don't I don't like pro
1: sports. I, I there are certain pro sports I like, but. I mean, but it's just one of those things where, like, you know, you're your your average Joe Blow working a nine to five every day, you know, on the on Saturday you're mowing the grass, doing whatever the wife's telling you to do, and on Sunday that's just the Lord's day, right there, man. You just want to go to church, have some fried chicken, and watch some football when you get home. And yeah, then, and, and all of a sudden you turn the football, and people are people are kneeling for your for your God blessed anthem, and you're like, what the heck is this? <laughs>
0: yes, but these are also people who are hiding from their own lives and don't don't have anything to live for for themselves so they have to live vicariously by watching their football true and, or- and if if that's the life they choose that's fine it's up to them it's their life to have who am i to say different it's completely their choice but i look at it like do some things in your own life man i mean like if you want to watch a game here and there that's no big deal but if it's the be all end all like it's just, it's
1: not healthy I don't know. I mean, some people, it's just their form of entertainment. Like, my dad, he's not a big movie guy. He's not a big TV guy, but he does like watching his baseball, football, basketball. It's just the thing he's into.
0: Nothing wrong with that.
1: Can't tell you what it is. It's just the thing he does. I mean there i've gone through stages where you know i'd rather watch tv when i was younger now that i'm getting older for some reason i like watching baseball at night i don't know when this happened maybe i am my father's son (laughs) (laughs) it's just one day i was like you know what the baseball sounds pretty good right now but in the past i'm like oh baseball why would i ever watch that what is
0: bleeding boring
1: (laughs) it kind of is but no kind of it really is (laughs) but i don't know all of a sudden i'm just getting more into it but I don't know. There are people though that it is you know you have your guy that probably peaked in high school was the high school QB and then you know that's about as far as he got and he's kind of living vicariously through that. Yeah, I just, just
0: I don't hope they find something else to do with their lives. Yeah, I mean like go to the gym, like pick up a hobby, just to start a a side business making some money, start a podcast. I mean do anything doesn't matter. Like throw throw yourself into something, have something else to live for. I understand that we all need restoration time. We all need time to wind down and recharge and do those kind of things. And I get it. That's fine. And if that's what it is for you, fine. But the rest of the week, you better be hustling son. Cause <laughs> I've talked to a lot of people that they watch Monday night football and they watch Thursday night football and they watch Sunday, they watch Sunday. Friday night football with college and Saturday games on college and all day Sunday. That's all they do. And, and they're, they barely getting their, their housework done. They're not loving their wife and their kids and they're not doing different things with them. And it's, that's just all about that. It's like, that's not healthy.
1: That's well, not okay. And that that's not only just like that's a thing that doesn't only, really, you know, hold with sports too. You have someone that probably, you know, if you have you have people that are on the internet like that every day and they get nothing done. That that's more people of do a it
0: with thing. Facebook. People do it with Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. Video games, all that stupid shit. You know, who knows? All of it. That's more anything of a... that's taken too far is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe that a cell phone is a wonderful tool. We just just recently had a a Technology 101 podcast with our friend Ryan, you know, kind of the tech support for this podcast. And and we were talking about phones, and he always makes fun of me because I I use, like, 3% of what my phone is actually capable (laughs) of. Like, I text, I call, I surf the Internet from time to time, and I might look at Facebook here and there. That's about it. You know, and it's like, that's what I use my phone for. I mean, maybe I've got a calendar and a calculator and stuff like that on there that's handy. And I can read email and stuff. That's fine. But essentially, I'm calling and texting and, you know, like surfing Facebook and on, online. And like, yeah. that's all I use it for. And that's, and that's fine. But if I sit there and do it for, you know, four or five hours a day, that's not healthy. If I look at my phone every time it buzzes for something, which is why I don't have hardly any notifications on my phone. It's like if I want to go look at Facebook, I have to go look at Facebook. If I oh, if I want to see my okay. email, I have to go to my email. Like I don't I don't normally have a lot of things coming through that aren't phone calls or text messages because gotcha. I I want them to I want to be able to use my phone for what I use my phone for. I mean, it's just I, I want it to be helpful in my life. I want it to add to my life and not just take away my time, which mm. is what I think a lot of people like have it have done because they just and they're always looking oh somebody did this and, oh somebody tweeted on that and, oh somebody did this and they're always looking at their phone and and I know that they get like a big serotonin boost and those kind of things and it's like a little high and and they, they like it and that's fine but it's just if it, if it's taken too far it's not going to be beneficial.
1: Yeah, I find as far as social media goes, I like YouTube, I like Facebook, but honestly, Facebook is. I really only do Facebook just to see what other people that I grew up with are doing. That's what
0: I get on Facebook for, but I'm getting more and more frustrated with it because every time I get on there, people are trying to sell me stuff. Like, I don't care. I want to see what my friends posted. I don't care what they liked. I don't care who they subscribed to. I don't care that they comment on somebody else's thing. Do, I don't care. Do you mean What did they
1: post? Do you mean sell as in like their ads on Facebook or one of your friends is throwing a Tupperware party? Well, there's lots of that too. And,
0: <laughs> and if they're hustling, doing things on the side, I don't care. I mean, some of those products are great. You know, good for them. I've got no problem with that. Now, I think marketing on your Facebook is low and cheesy and those kind of things. Like, hey, pick up the phone, call your friends. Like that's kinda how this works. But I just I feel like there's always ads. There's always this. There's somebody's somebody's trying to sell me something. It's and it's usually not my
1: friends. I wanna see what my friends have posted. Yeah, there are a lot of I've been seeing more ads on Facebook. It's been it's been absolutely weird. And of course, everyone got really up in arms with that whole Cambridge Analytica thing that Facebook got caught doing. What was that? Two months ago? What was that? Oh, uh, they, they got caught selling our information to a a third party. Something with they sold our information to a party that dealt with it was information for elections or something like that during the Okay
0: election. so Facebook sold people's information yeah which to, they're, to, they're, to go after like an election
1: yeah and i think it was one of those things that actually i think Donald Trump's campaign paid for which they're legally allowed to do but then this company sold that information to like a chinese corporation which they're technically not supposed to do but it got done anyway and people were like people were like wait a minute you can so i mean it's one of those things where people got in a big uproar over it and you're like, wait a minute, you didn't know that Facebook was doing this? Of course they're selling your information. <clears throat> That's which how is, they're making money. That's why, why there's why, ads. which is why I rarely post anything. I'm you know, I'm not out there being like, Oh, I went to this place today having having tacos with my friend Becky today, you know, it's like I, I rarely post anything. I have to be really up in arms about anything to really post something. But it's just like people just think it's out there. It's like how how do you think Facebook is making money? it's it's selling your information. Yeah. They're selling your information, you know, where you're at, what you're doing, where you eat? Well, you know, you know, it's crazy all the information that Facebook takes. So, and so, uh, I think, what was it? And also I think Facebook then because of the backlash made some changes recently to try to seem more honest. Yeah. If anyone, how about we stop
0: seeming honest and just be honest. How about we do that? And what was it? I think
1: the past quarters, uh, was like a um, financial statement it came out for Facebook. And I think they lost like 20 to 30% of their stock. value. Good. I mean, it just dropped like crazy. like millions, billions of dollars lost.
0: Good. That's what a free market should do. Mm-hmm. Punish them for doing stupid shit,
1: but I don't do Twitter. I think Twitter's stupid. I can't stand Twitter. I don't, I'm not pretty enough to, to be an Instagram model. Like
0: Jay, don't sell yourself short now. Like you're plenty pretty enough. I don't know what you're talking
1: about. <laughs> I try. I try. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm not in super, you know, in one of I'm not one of these guys that's super into these things, but I mean, if you're you know, kudos to you, if you like, if you like the likes, if you like the retweets, if you like the shares, again, it's it's just
0: a tool and if used properly, it can be greatly beneficial for people, but I think most people just abuse the hell out of it because they're unhappy with their own lives. That's just what it boils down to.
1: Yeah. Do you.
0: All right, I'll tell you what. This is probably a pretty good place to wrap this up. We've rambled on quite enough, I think. We've gotten into a lot of different topics. I
1: cannot believe how late it is, actually. We've been, uh, we've been watching the sunset through your window here. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it's starting like, to get dark outside. It's like a time set. Really? Mean, it's like
0: when we sit down, it's time just goes into the ether. and Because we just we start having fun. It's a good time. Everyone says the same thing. Don't worry about it. It's pretty normal. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I, I had a lot of fun here. I definitely think we have a lot more to talk about in future episodes. So we'll definitely have you back on soon. So thank you again, sir.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: And uh, we will see you guys next time. All right, well, that wraps up another fun episode. We definitely got off way into the weeds. Uh, I mean, we barely even talked about politics. I swear we talked about cars for like an hour there, (laughs) but we're both kind of into cars, so it is what it is. But I I definitely had a good time. Hopefully you guys got some good nuggets out of there and enjoyed yourselves. I still need everyone's help. We need to get this podcast out to some more people, so please go out there and leave some five-star reviews on Podbean iTunes and Stitcher as the best way for new people to find the show now we've got some new shows coming up that are definitely going to be good that I'm looking forward to I think you guys are going to like as well we've had a couple of things that we need to be rescheduled and we'll definitely get that done Uh, one of our favorite guests was going to come back on but then something came up and he couldn't make it so we'll definitely get that one rescheduled but we're going to have another returning guest coming back on talking about beer making and that one I'm really looking forward to So as always, thank you so much for your support. If you're still listening to this show, I greatly appreciate it. I can't tell you what you guys all mean to me. So go out there, be kind to one another, love everybody, and let's make the best out of life. So we will see you guys next time on Uncensored Humanity.